We work hard at being healthier. And what we really need is better quality sleep. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed intelligently senses your movements and automatically adjusts your comfort and support on both sides. This is not a bed. It's proven quality sleep. It's the biggest sale of the year where all beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing only for a limited time. To find your local Sleep Number store, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Hey, everybody. How's it going? I want to welcome all the new listeners we picked up over the last couple of weeks. I've been seeing the numbers jump, and I just wanted to say thank you and welcome. This show, The Confessionals, is a show where people come forward and share their experiences, how they saw it, and how they view their experiences through their world lenses. This is a very non-judgmental platform where people can feel safe to come forward and share what they've experienced, no matter how crazy they think it sounds. So I hope you guys enjoy this show. And remember, you always have to be the final decision whether you're going to believe somebody's story or not. We just put forward some incredible stories for you to listen to and try to figure out this mystery called life. Let's get to the show. over to me dude he slithered over to me and this giant comes out of the cave and they're all frozen and he starts running and firing at this giant but the giant moves he's got a spear in one hand and he's running really fast and spears Dan holds him up like this somebody else shoot him in the face shoot him in the face they basically decapitate him Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. And I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I saw three long bony fingers with like claws on the end up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. It's almost like they're unzippering our reality. They stick their heads through it, and they look around, and if it looks like it's, the coast is clear, they step through the rest of the direction. If you take the head, you get the whole package. If you don't take the head off, then what happens is they disappear. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. But then I look over to my left, on the far side of the room, and there's Jack. And he's got blood on his face. He looks at me, and he just says one word. Oops. I've been killing ETs longer than most people have careers. I reach my hand into this bush, and I touch air couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster.
Welcome to the show, everybody. You are listening to The Confessionals, a proud featured show at blogtalkradio.com. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a story or an encounter you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. That's theconfessionalspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the connection section, and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. Now, I want to let everybody know that there's been a lot of emails coming in and asking me for the intro that we have going on the show right now. A lot of people like the new intro, and so I decided to make it a free download for anybody who wanted to have it so you could listen to it as much as you'd like. All you have to do is go to the Confessionals fan page, and it's there for a free download, or you can go to the show description on the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. This show description will have the free download link attached to it in the description. So if that's something that interests you, I highly encourage you to do it. Download the new intro and enjoy it as much as you would like. Now, moving on, I want to let you guys know that I was featured on a podcast called Jew and Gentile Radio, and they had me come on to talk about my experience with the satanic individual at his house that lasted three hours. I talked about it on the show several times, and they had me on to feature me to have me talk about my experience, and we discussed it a lot. It was a great time talking with David and Aaron, and I highly encourage people to check that show out, and that will also be in the show description right below this show on the website. Now, moving on to the iTunes rating and reviews. If you have iTunes, go to iTunes and leave a rating and review, and we will give you a shout-out on the following week's show. If you don't listen to us on iTunes, the next best thing you can do is share this episode around social media. Most people have social media, so I highly encourage you to share it around social media to help the show grow. But for this week's iTunes shout-outs, we have Sir Josh. It's your boy, Jay Elliott. TKH455. Good four four three, Bigfoot, <laughs> Bigfoot bong ripper four twenty sixty nine, D Halevi, Moose whisperer, John Aaron, C Thire five, Bert and Ernie, C D four life, and Joe four six six. Thanks, everybody, for going and leaving a rating and review. It means a lot to me. And again, I love reading some of these names because they're hilarious. So keep them coming. I appreciate it very much. Uh, Moving on to the Patreon shout outs. If you want to become a patron, go to patreon.com backslash the confessionals. And there you can sign up to become a patron. And one of the rewards you get is you get a shout out on the following week's show when you become a patron. I want to let everybody know that we have our patrons episode, our special patrons episode once a month, and that's coming up April 28th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to have Zach King on, the ex-Satanic High Wizard, and he's going to be coming on to share more details, and there's going to be a live call-in number so you can call in and talk to him directly and ask him questions that you might have. And on top of all that, we're bringing on a special co-host for that live show, Wes Germer from Sasquatch Chronicles. So if you want to call in and talk to me, Wes Germer, or Zach King, I highly encourage you to become a patron at patreon.com backslash the confessionals, patreon.com backslash the confessionals. Now let's get on to this week's shout outs for patrons. Mary H, Sanika O, Bruce W, Courtney H, Jack Q, Joshua G, Joe A, Ray B, Grant J, Jill L, James F, and Dan M. 
Lots of new patrons this week. I really appreciate all the support you guys give me. I've emailed all of you guys. If any of you new patrons want to be part of the secret Facebook group, you have to friend request me on facebook.com backslash TB Merkel. That's my profile, facebook.com backslash TB Merkel. I highly encourage you to do that because we have a lot of fun in that secret Facebook group. Lots of fun. So let's move on to this week's episode. We have Chuck Sutherland coming on and Chuck and I sat down to talk about some Bigfoot experiences he had. And then our conversation morphed into conspiracy theories and things like that. It's going to be a great show. Highly encourage you guys to just sit back and relax, grab some popcorn, grab a soda and just enjoy this show. Here we go, everybody. We'll get into it right after this. Okay, tonight I have a great guest coming on. It's actually a patron of mine. Uh, his name's Chuck Sutherland. And Chuck, you've been, you know, looking into the Bigfoot phenomena for uh, for a little bit now. And, uh, you know, you've, you've been coming up with some pretty cool details. And you and I were just talking about stuff. And I figured, let's just get this recording going. Chuck, how you doing, man? Really good. <laughs> good, good, good. I'm, I'm glad we're getting to talk and stuff. I think we actually had to reschedule this at one point or something. It's just, you know, scheduling can be a mess sometimes. So I'm really glad that we're doing this. Uh, but you had emailed me uh, just some stuff that you wanted to kind of cover a little bit and stuff. And uh, you had some kind of Bigfoot interaction or encounter. Um, if, if I'm correct in saying it was at a conference you went to? Yes, actually, um, <clears throat> that's where it all started for me. And kind of like how this this little journey that I've been on for the last year has began. And I'll, uh, just to, to give you kind of like a little, uh, like a little background on it or bio to get you caught up to date. Basically, in a nutshell, I was working with a, a guy and this gentleman had a friend who I had known, but I, you know, I'm not going to say their name or anything like that. I had tried and reached out to him to, to get him to talk about it. He didn't want to talk about it, but he, uh, he had had an encounter and it was actually late one night, uh, the garage on the side of his house, there's a Creek. And he had saw this thing, according to what he said, um, it was probably six or seven feet tall and it was really dark and it was hairy. And it came down this Creek. Now down this Creek, there's a bunch of rocks and stuff like that. And this is a, a rude river. And, and again, to give you an idea in the city where this took place is in the city. It's, uh, probably about 30 minutes or so from Detroit. There's nothing but buildings and schools and, and businesses. This is not an area in deep in the woods or the forest or anything like that. So I was kind of blown away and I thought, wow, that's really weird. And he's like, no, he's, he's serious. He wants my trail cams. He wants to set him up because he saw something and it freaked him out and he's scared. <clears throat> this led to me actually going and, and actually Googling and going out and looking. And I started looking in that area because I, I couldn't really believe that. Again, my background of Bigfoot, I always believed in it. And I believed in, you know, the Loch Ness Monster and everything else. But I wasn't a believer that they're here in Michigan. And I know you hear this from time and time again, because everybody says the same thing, because we're probably all thinking the same thing. But Pacific Northwest, you know, Washington State, right. um, California, these are the areas where you picture in your mind, just like the Patty incident, that this is where Bigfoot is. It's, it's not in Michigan. And because nobody in Michigan really, don't get me wrong, there's been plenty of sightings and dogmen and all the other crazy stuff that's going on in, in the lovely state of Michigan. But 
I couldn't really put two and two together and put it together. So when I'm thinking of the city and I'm thinking of this guy, he's credible and he has no real reason to lie. And when he wants the cameras, cause something that happened, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna start looking this stuff up. Upon looking it up, and what had tied to this area, it's a tributary that goes to the Detroit river actually, but it's called the Rouge river. And this thing gets smaller and banks down in creeks and it goes under streets and it cranks through Dearborn and to Detroit and this and that. Um, when I looked it up and I started discovering that this thing is called the Nain Rouge and that is N-A-I-N-R-O-U-G-E and anybody can look it up and see. When you start to look this up, um, just a little brief description. Um, it's called a red dwarf creature and it's actually the Nain Rouge is French for red dwarf and it's said to haunt the area and around the Detroit area. It's a small creature described as red or black fur and it's a covered its whole body is supposed to be covered with it. Um, it has a crazy looking face of an old man. Sometimes it's described in blazing red eyes and rotten teeth. And all the way back to, I want to say 1701, the creature that was there, you know, in the French part of Detroit and Fort Prince and train and all that, there was a, there was battles and stuff that had happened. And in these battles, they had seen this creature kind of like, you know, how they do the, uh, the warning of death, what they, what do they call it? The Mothman stuff where there, when stuff would happen with the, with the crazy stuff with the, the Mothman, it was like, you'd see this thing. Well, this thing right. has been recorded and documented several times to be seen in, in the Detroit area. Um, in 1884, there was another thing that happened. And again, one of the recent, more recent sightings, I think was in 67, there was one, and I'm not going to read all the way through it. You can look it up and see, but I'm just trying to give you an idea. This is actually, you know, it fascinated me. Two utility workers in 76 saw one up on a, on a utility pole. And they, they said it looked like a small child climbing a pole. And then it jumped down and ran away. You know, in 96, something happened again. It was spotted and uh, crawling around and making sounds and stuff. So this thing has been sighted in this area. And I never knew and never had an idea <clears throat> that all of a sudden I find little weird articles and little different things. So I looked up. Bigfoot in Michigan. And I came across this website. I think it was called michiganbigfoot.org. And I met a real interesting fellow and his name is Bob Daigle. And Bob Daigle is an author and he's like, we make fun or, or I acknowledge and don't make fun. I call him the, the godfather of Bigfoot in Michigan is what we call him. He's a really great guy. And he's actually a part of our team now, the Michigan Sasquatch project. But he directed me and said, go to Livonia. You know, go to Romulus near the airport. There's BFR reports here. There's BFR reports there. You, you'd be surprised how close they are in the city to you. So I started looking. And the more I looked, the more these things I was, I was finding that they're, they're really around or people are saying that they're around. So this gets back to the lead in here. I basically, he invited me to the conference, which is up in West Branch, Michigan. And he said, I'm going to be a presenter there and I'm going to be speaking. Why don't you come on up? So I reached out to my son and I said, Hey, you want to go to a Bigfoot conference? This will be kind of fun. He's like, yeah, let's do it. And that's how it all kind of started. And this thing opens up from that day. So going out to this conference and being there, I just met a bunch of incredible people at the time. I was trying to meet as many people as I could because it fascinated me. And these people are standing up like a town hall meeting and telling of encounters and all this other stuff. So I met a few people and I was trying to gather people to do like what you do. And I started a podcast called Shadow Lab Encounters. And I wanted to put these people on a podcast. So I asked a few people while I was there, you know, could you 
would you be interested? And one of the gentlemen that I had spoken to, um, his name is Ern, Ernie, and I said to him, hey, would you, uh, would you be interested in, in sharing your story? Now, this guy had an encounter like back in 1991, and on the BFRO, it's documented and everything. And he said, you know what, Chuck, I'll do you one better. I'll take you out there, and I'll show you where it happened. And if you want, nice. you can come out to my property. And I'm like, really? So from where I live, Tony, it's like mm, two and a half hour drive, three hour drive to get to West Branch. So it was already like a journey to get out there. So we're out there and I'm like, oh, okay. So we're going to go further. Now, the guy who was doing a presentation and that, and another guy, another guy who does drones and everybody that's doing a presentation, they invited me and my son out to the Rifle River. And this is after the conference. So I said, oh, cool, let's go. So here it is, another weird kind of opportunity. And again, I was kind of poking fun at it, fascinated by it, but I had never really, <clears throat> I never really had like a major encounter. Now I had things from, as this stuff started happening, I started listening to you before I started listening to you. I was listening to Sasquatch Chronicles, you know, Wes's show. And I had even reached out to him at one time because I had listening to his show. It reminded me of stuff that had happened up in Grayling, Michigan with my cousin. And it wasn't no major encounter or anything like that, but it was weird things that never made sense at the time. And now when I look back in retrospect, I'm like, wow, these things are really peculiar. So I sent him an email and just, it was nothing major. It was nothing like that, but it kind of put me on this strange path of, you know, where I am today and um, this that, and the other. So let me get back to the, uh, we follow these people and it's like two or three truckloads of us. And we go down to the Rifle River and this is directly right after the conference. And we go down there and I, I had brought, now before this, um, my parents had uh, passed away. And when my mom had passed away, my father wanted to get involved in the paranormal stuff. So instead of taking his money and spending it on um, the shopping network and channel and going to Vegas and doing stuff, my dad started buying equipment. And he actually started purchasing um, spectrum cameras, full spectrum cameras, flurs, and all this different stuff. And he's like, let's, let's do something with this. So together with my dad, I formed a group, and it was called Open Doors Paranormal. And it was a nonprofit thing. And what we were doing was basically going to people's houses and going out. We didn't charge anybody or anything. If somebody thought they had something going on, we would go out there and give them the proof of it. So I kind of <clears throat> already, the main thing was that my father... Um, he was lonely and he wanted to make some way, some shape or form contact with my mom. And so this was a thing that kept me involved with hanging out with my dad and doing stuff. So I would go out with him and run around at cemeteries and take pictures and all this stuff. So I've had a wealth of weird experiences and had the equipment to do it. <clears throat> Unfortunately, my father passed away over a year ago on my birthday and found him. And that's a whole nother story. But so I have all this equipment and all these things. So when we go out too, and I don't even know why it wasn't like when I told my son, I said, Hey, yeah, we're going to go to this, this great convention. I don't know why, but I did take a FLIR camera with me. I did take some night vision and a couple of spotlights and I threw it in the back of the vehicle when we went to this Bigfoot convention. So now as we get invited to go down to the rifle river with all these other researchers and all this stuff, I grab some binoculars and my son goes down and, we're walking and he takes the binoculars off and he looks and he sees prints down on the beach in like this sandy area. And all these researchers start buzzing around and going crazy. They're like, Oh my God. You know, so they all run down there. They're, they're going to, 
you know, do this. And I have the pictures today. I think it's it's on either our website or it's on something on my Facebook page or what have you. And so <laughs> they found Trent. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like registering all this in my brain. We go out here to this conference and I take him and it's kind of fun. Now we go on this little mini excursion with these investigators. And now my son is the only one that find Trent. I'm like, this is fun. Now this other gentleman has invited me to his property. And his property, he's like, well, I got over 1,200 acres. It's gated. It's private. And he's also had a BFR encounter. Again, I weigh my options. I'm like, this is like a chance of a lifetime. I'm, I, I got to go. I mean, I'm, I'm already three hours from home. He invited me to stay at his place. I got to go. And the funny thing is now, this guy is the other guy that is my partner in the Michigan Sasquatch Project. And I didn't know at the time that we were going to be fast friends. You know, I just met him. So we... After the Rifle River little excursion, follow ourselves and go out to his place. And it's a beautiful, beautiful area. And it's gated, private. You know, it's um, <clears throat> it's it's just really, really nice. And, and when you're in the city and you see stuff, now I live in an area, I'm out of like Commerce, Michigan, and that's in Oakland County. And I know you know where Rochester is because I've heard you talk about it before. Right. So that's probably maybe 30, 35 minutes from Rochester. But surrounded by me, Tony, is like seven or eight lakes. And I do have a lot of wooded areas. So I'm very fortunate and I'm very lucky when I can get out into the woods here. But I never was looking. I never had an, an inkling to even look. Because, again, up until hearing what my friend had said, I, I had no clue that this stuff was going on. So here we are, we get to his property and we get up there and he's a super nice guy. It's him and his girlfriend and and me and my son. So I have this equipment that I just happened to bring at the time. Anyways, we go out there and he has these side-by-side machines. It's like a rhino. It's a really cool machine. And he's got four wheelers. He's got cabins. He's got a house up there. I mean, it's really, really nice. I'm like, wow, this is, this is badass. So he takes me and my son and his girlfriend and we hop on this machine he drives us down on his property. Now it's go a little ways. You got to open up the gates and lock it. And he unlocks and takes us down and we're driving. And again, 1500 acres is a, it's a lot of land. So we're on these trails and we're going all the way back. And after spending the day at the conference and then spending the other time at the rifle river, it's getting dark, but it wasn't dark. And I, I can't even tell you right now what the time frame was, you know, what the, the actual time it was. But the day was April 29th, and that's the day of the conference. So daylight savings and this and that. Us being out there, and he takes it to the furthest part on the trails, and we see an elk, we see deer, we see porcupine, we're seeing owls. It's just really cool. And I had my iPhone going, and my son had his iPhone going, and we take off and get to the spot to where we can't go any further on this trail. We get out, and he takes us down to this, like, cedar swamp area, and we're walking. And as soon as we start to walk down, the first, one of the first things that happened that I can remember is I heard this loud boom, boom sound. And, and to me, it, it sounded like and felt like something fell out of a tree. You know, it was just heavy. It was a heavy thud, thud. And his girlfriend had turned and looked at me and she's got good ears. <laughs> and I'll say that now. And he doesn't. I don't know because, again, he is an avid hunter. He has shot trophy animals. He's a, a backpacker. He's been all over, but he can't hear. <laughs> and he's in the front with my son is behind him. And there's a lot of leaf litter on the ground. So as he's walking and crunching, he doesn't hear it, but she heard it. And I heard it. And I looked at her and she looked at me and was like, you know, what the heck was that? Nothing. And as we got down into this little area, again, 
this is like my first little getting my feet wet on this experience. As it's getting dark and it's getting darker out there, I grabbed a branch. I go, well, you, you want to do a tree knock. So I do a tree knock against a tree. And again, nothing. Didn't hear nothing. Didn't see nothing. And as time went by, it got darker and darker. And he's like, well, we better get back. So we go back, we get back in this machine and we turn around and we start driving back and we're going down the trail the same way that we came in on this trail. And this is where it gets real interesting. And this is where it gets real, real to me. And, um, as we pull, I have spotlights. I had two little Walmart spotlights that I had brought and I had the floor and again, the, the night vision, but I didn't have anything of that going. So we're going down this trail. It's dark. You can see everything from the headlights of his, uh, his machine. And in the middle of the trail, right in front of us, is a tree that was, a, a, it's like a, a big monster sliver that was ripped from a tree and it was slammed down in the center of the trail. Um, it wasn't a total upside down tree, like someone had ripped the tree out of thing, but it was like a big portion of the tree and it slammed in the middle of the trail. So now the machine, as we drive and you see it with lights, he's like, and I can, I can see it and he can see it. And I'm like, well, what's, what's up? And so we pull up to it and he has to stop. And uh, we're trying to figure this out. And we get out of the machine. As soon as you get out, now my son and his girlfriend are in the back. As soon as I get out of this machine, I can smell the smell. And I look over at him. Now he had a gun. I think he had a AR-15 pistol. And um, I didn't bring anything. Obviously, I wasn't bringing guns. I wasn't expecting to be in the woods. I was just going to a conference that day, you know. And uh, so I'm looking over at him and walk over. And I'm, I'm just, I'm excited. And I guess, I guess I don't, I don't know any better and I don't know anything, but I can smell the smell, Tony. And it's like, to me, a weird whole fixation kind of goes over me because in my brain, I've seen every episode of Monster Quest and Finding Bigfoot and all that other garbage that's on TV. And I'm like, I I know from people describing it, it's a smell. And I'll describe to you what it was that I smelled. And I said to him, can you smell that? And he looks over and he's like, yeah, now I don't, we don't even know each other at the time. So I don't know him and he don't know me. And I'm like, can you smell that? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, grab your gun, you know, go back and grab your gun. Now I'm trying to bear hug this big tree that got slammed down in the middle of the trail and I can't move it and I can't pull it out. So he's standing over and he's scratching his head and I'm kind of watching his lead now and he can smell it and I can smell it. And it, and as I described it before, it, it wasn't the same as what a lot of other people described, but it was like a brim smoke, like uh, brimstone and sulfur, you know, it wasn't skunky, but it was like sulfur and it was, it was so strong. It was so intense that it was like right there. And I just had that moment where I thought, you know, this, this is them, this is it, this is that. So we couldn't move the tree thing that was in the center. He's scratching his head and he's like, I think we need to get out of here. And that's when I saw in his face fear. And, and again, I didn't know him at the time and I could tell. And then I thought, oh shit, I should probably be scared too, because this is all fun to me. I'm like, what a heck of a day. You know, we, we drive two and a half hours. We go to this great, you know, this great, um, conference and, and then we meet these people and then my son finds prints and everybody's all excited. Now I'm on this guy's property. I'm on this side by side machine. It's in the middle of dark in the middle of 1500 acres and we're miles in. And now this is happening. I I think in my brain, I'm smelling that smell for the very first time. When we drove through this trail to go down to get to where this area was at, there was no tree slammed in the middle of the trail. 
So I don't know if it was something giving us a message and saying, hey, get out of here. They, they blocked the road. And this reminds me of stuff that had happened, uh, which was the thing that I had emailed before um, up in Grayling, Michigan. But I didn't put two and two together. And I'll, I'll go into that in a, in a little while. So to come back to it, he basically says, I think we better get out of here. And he had that look on his face. And then I thought, oh, so we get inside this machine. And we have to back up and go around and cut like through the wooded area to get around to get back onto the trail and go. And as we go, there's, you know, now I got the spotlight on and I'm looking. And that was probably the biggest mistake that we ever made was we left that area. Well, I didn't know any better. And, and he didn't at the time because I honestly believe that whatever was there was right there, right then and there. Because you could smell that smell. It was just so intense. And something, I don't know, you know. And, and you can always look at it like okay, maybe there's some crazy dude that was out there that, that ripped off a part of a tree and slammed it in the middle of the trail. You know, it's, it's hard to think that that would happen and that somebody would be on private land and, and it would do that. But that's, you know, you're, you're left to think that that's two different things. Or, you know, it was an act of God and some kind of weird thing caused tree fall, you know, and this thing busted off on a tree. And, and neither one of those things I, I believe occurred. I believe something was giving us a message and slammed that into the trail. So as we're heading our way back, he's going through, and I'm taking my spotlight, and I'm pretty intense now. I'm looking at every single thing, and it's pitch black dark. And we're driving, and we're going under the trail. We come back. He pulls up to another area, which he has a cabin on. And when we pull up to the cabin, his girlfriend gets out, and she goes over to the um, – there's an outhouse that they had out there. She goes over to use the bathroom. My son is with him, and I kind of walk another 20 yards to go in another direction because I had to go to the bathroom too. So I'm walking out over there, and it's dark as dark. And as he gets up to the, his like porch area of this cabin, my son has got his iPhone on and he's recording everything. And he's like, again, he's like, this isn't right. I guess all the wood that was stacked on this, on this like little porch area of the cabin is like spread out and thrown out all over the place. Like it was in disarray. So he's trying to find the keys to the cabin and they're not there. So he reaches into his pocket. He pulls out another set that he's got. He turns the key and he goes in there. And my son starts freaking out. He's like, dad, Dad, you know, and I'm like, and I'm going to the bathroom and I'm hearing something behind me as I'm going to the bathroom. Now, granted, I, I, it's, it's probably a deer, raccoon, it could be anything, but I'm hearing something behind me. I'm like, okay, this is kind of weird. And so my son is calling off and he's getting freaked out and he's like pinned up against the back of the thing. I guess when Ernie had turned the key and opened the door, they both heard a growl. My son has it out and has recorded, recorded it. Whatever it was, I don't know. I didn't hear it growl. I didn't hear anything growl, but it just left more this is like, it's opening up and it's getting more and more intense. And I'm still excited about it. I'm like, wow, you know, things are happening. And to me, I'm like in Disneyland. I'm one of those people that um, I'm not a thrill seeker, but I love to be scared. And I guess that I go to a certain amount or certain point. I don't mind, you know, being in the dark or being in the middle of a woods or being in the middle of a cemetery at night. I enjoy that. It's, it sounds weird, but it was just no, I get me it. at that time. You know, when this was happening, I mean, some guys like to hang off buildings and <laughs> right. jump out of parachutes and stuff like that. I mean, I am not that crazy, but I just, it's just that weird thing. I like scary movies. You know, I would read books and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But as this is happening, um, I'm still pretty excited. So he scratches his head again and he's over there and he's like, this is, you know, the whole, I guess, inside the cabin, things are disarray and what have you. It could have definitely been animals or something that got in there. Who knows? Get back. We get back into the machines 
and we head back and we lock ourselves out and drive down and get back onto the road and go back to his house on the property. Now, the, the way his property is set up, um, he has a big, huge area that connects. And then across his main road, there's a whole nother section where they have like farming stuff and other buildings over there. And the, the, like they have fields that they put in crops and mainly for the animals. It's not nothing that they, they farm out or they eat or anything like that. I think it's for like in the, um, around hunting season and stuff, they use that stuff. So we get back, we pull into his house and we pull up in the driveway. I'm pretty excited. We're all excited. Everybody's eyes are pretty big. Can't really figure it out. Now, again, I don't know him and his gal, and this is where they dump on me. They basically said, and this isn't the first time this has happened, but basically he's like, hey, uh, we were we went to a concert last night. We're up like till four in the morning. Yeah, I'm going to bed. So he's like, you you and your son can sleep in this back room here. There's, there's sleeping stuff in there. You guys are all set, and uh, I'll talk to you in the morning. So I'm like, really? I just get here. We just get, I got, I'm laying out all this little weird equipment that I brought. I'm finally here in a weird situation thinking I'm never going to see these people again. I'm never going to, you know, have this opportunity again. My son is pretty freaked out and he is like, what are you doing? So I'm like, I'm going to go outside. So him and his girlfriend go and they go to bed. I, uh, I grab my floor and I grab my, um, night vision stuff and I go outside in the back. And, and it's funny now because as I look back and what had happened, the next thing that just happened, now I've been going to the property for a year and I know the place like the back of my hand, but this is the very first time I'm there. I'm looking way across in the back of the house. There's the woods that backs up to it. And I see <laughs> like an orb, but it was a lit, like a lit colored light. And I, I, I can't ever describe it other than that. That's what it was. When I look through it with the flur, there's no heat and you can't see it. But when I look through it with um, the night vision goggles, you can see it. So to get some kind of credibility about this, I go in. Now, my son is like in, in the back of the house. It's like a fishbowl. You could see. And I'm, I'm watching Jagger and he's pacing. You know, he's like going back and forth. And, you know, he's only 14. And so he, he's pretty freaked out. And so I go back there and I'm like, you got to come outside, son. You got to come outside. I need you to look at it. He's like, no, dad, I don't want to go out there. I don't want to go out there. I'm like, please just come on outside and I'll show you. And you can go right back inside. So he comes outside. He looks, goes, okay, I saw it. And then he runs back inside. <laughs> <house>. <laughs> and uh, so I'm out there. And this is where, uh, you know, when, when people talk or describe the infrasound and all that or being zapped and stuff, and it gets on that little weird woo side stuff, all I can say is this. I, I was there. I was at the back of the house in the wooded area. And I started hearing noises of animals that were to the left of me and behind me, which again, there's tons of animals out there. But in my brain, this weird, weird, really uh, creepy thing just like takes over and it swoops over me and I start getting scared. And I'm not kidding you. I got so intensely scared. I was horrified. I was mortified. I felt like I was going to be murdered. I felt like something, you know, the whole... Jason, <laughs> you know, he's, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's around the corner with his big axe. Michael Miles Myers is coming from the other way. I just felt like something was going to get me. And it was, it was a looming thing. And I had no guns. I had these cameras and this weird stuff that I brought out there, but it got intense. And it was like, I could feel my heart beating in my ears. I mean, it was just so, there is no other sound. There is nothing else going on. 
I'm at some guy's strange house. Him and his girlfriend are in bed. My son's in the house and he's pacing because he don't want to come out. And he's scared. And now I'm scared. And so I, I, I kind of walk back to the side of this house and I go to the back part. And I am like, petrified. I mean, I can't even, I've described this before. It sounds weird or it sounds funny, but I don't feel like I was zapped or anything, but I feel like something had uh, put this or placed this veil of fear on me. And, and, and all my years of ever being alive and everything, I've never been this scared in my life. And I can't even describe it. I was just, I was scared. And, uh, we'll leave it at that. As I come around <laughs> to the back, and it gets a little more stranger before this encounter ends. I come around to the back and, and the back of the house, like there's a porch and steps that come up and on the side where the back door is, there's this like wrought iron lamp post that's bolted to the side of the house. This thing. And I described it like this before and you may, you can laugh or what have you. Did you, have you ever seen uh, close encounters? Uh, actually I have not. Okay. Well, there's a scene in Close Encounters where he's at this railroad crossing and everything in his van or in his work truck or whatever is just like flying and moving up and the railroad signs are cranking back and forth and they're going up and down and up and down. Well, I look over and I, I can hear the sound first and it's going... I look over and the lamppost is vibrating. And I'm looking at this. Now, I'm right at the back door. I'm getting ready to go in and now this thing is like shaking and it's vibrating on the side of the house it's mounted with two or three screws and it's a light the light is still on but it's shaking and i'm watching it shake and i'm like this is this is really weird and then it gets even weirder this it's like a a ton of not a ton but we'll say eight to ten of these really big moths are like swarming around me and swarming around me and i'm like what what is up and i don't know if it was just to play into the fear or how much or how I was scared at the time. But I'm looking at this lamp light shade thing on the post on the side of the house and it starts shaking and it's vibrating. These moths are flying around my head and everything. And I'm like, all right, that's enough of this shit. So I open up the door and I go into the back door. My, my son is standing right there. And as I do, and I unzip my jacket, like two or three of these moths fly out of my jacket. And he's like, whoa, you know, what are those? And I'm like, I don't even know. And I pull it off and I set down the, uh, the floor camera and I set down the, uh, the night vision thing on the table and I look at my son and he's still scared. And he's like, dad, let's go. I go, we can't leave. We'll leave tomorrow. And he's like, no, let's go. Let's go right now. He's like, he was scared. And I said, I'm going to go back out there. And I gave him this stupid little speech. And I said, you know what? I've waited my whole life for something like this, for an encounter like this. I'm not going to blow it. I'm not going to queer the deal. Now we're here right now. I'm going to go back out there. And when I looked at my son and I see, I could see it in his face and his eyes and I, and I love him to death. He was scared. I grabbed the floor and I put it in the case and I grabbed the other camera and I closed the thing. And I said, you know what? We don't have to go out and I don't have to go out. Let's go. And I just grabbed him and we went to the back room and we went to sleep and I didn't, I didn't go back out there. And, um, it was just a really strange, um, encounter. And that was my first um, encounter or taste of, of what, of things that was going to come after that. And, um, it was just one heck of a night. So that's the, the unique thing about it, Tony, or the funny thing, or however you want to look at it is now here I am now going back on April 21st and I'm going to West Branch again, <clears throat> but I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be, be a presenter 
and I'm going to speaking with, you know, Dr. Jeff Meldrum and my subject is on tree structures. And I know I posted on your, on the patrons page, I believe a couple of times and put some of those, uh, uh, tree structures and TP structures and stuff like that. I don't know if you've ever seen them yeah. that I put on there. And so that kind of everything culminates from that, that whole day or that whole evening and everything else going back up there and going back up to the property. It was like I was addicted, you know, obsessed because the weather had just changed and every chance that I could, I knew that something was going on up there and I knew that this guy had this, this, it was like the honey hole, you know, like, it was like, you, you just went fishing and you know, you're going to go there. You're going to catch fish. So me and this guy and his name is Ernie Fargo and he's a really close friend. We were there and I went up North and after that experience, now he already has a, a documented BFO, BFRO account. So he's already documented and, and it's their property that they've had for years but he wasn't really looking for them on the property. So it's just kind of a, a surreal, weird thing. When we started hanging out and going up there, that's when we decided, I said to him, and so did he, um, we need to put Michigan on the map. We need to find a way to get these people and get these researchers and get that and, and form something in, in every one of these groups and every one of these areas and all these states, everybody has the same thought as you and I, and that is they're in Pacific Northwest. They're in Oregon. They're in Utah. And Michigan, yes, they are here, but nobody's really educating people. And I can't say nobody is because there are people. But in my thoughts or in my process was thinking, how can I get, what can I do and what can we do to, to get this weird message out and educate people and say, hey, this, this stuff is right here. This stuff is real close to you and this stuff is happening. And so we came up with the, uh, the name Michigan Sasquatch Project. And um, that's basically how that whole thing started. From that point, um, I spent as much time as I could to get out and go up there and be out in the woods and be on that property and be out there. It really started opening up to different dimensions, and I'll get into that in a little bit, about all of a sudden I realized that I didn't have to be up there. You know, I'm, I'm thinking I got to go up north to be there, to experience this, to see this, just like I thought. I had to be in California or I had to be in Washington state to have these experiences because those right. are the ones that you're hearing about all the time. And you know, the, the one picture that my son took of his iPhone of it, I believe to be one of these things is a hundred yards away from me. And I mean, and I've not put this on, on any social media. I've not put it on Facebook or any of that. I was saving it for the conference and show these people what it is that I got but you can see it and it's standing up. It's a bipedal. The, the one thing, and I make jokes about it. And it's, it's not very funny. And I'm sure a lot of people hate me or <laughs> will say jokes about it, but on the internet or on Facebook or even on YouTube, there's so many of these guys that do that, take a picture, then go back, look at it, zoom in. And, and then they circle it. 10 circles on dark. one picture. Yes, and there's this dark shadow, and then somebody will comment and say, well, I saw one in the left corner, we're in the left corner, and I'm like, yeah, I don't see it. And and, and I want to, right. I think that those people just give it a whole, the whole research of bad thing. If you look at a picture, Tony, and you can see something there, or you can see something that's standing there, you shouldn't have to turn it upside down. You shouldn't have to put it sideways. You shouldn't, you shouldn't have Preach. to zoom in and circle it, you know, to try and find, to try and see what it is. So we got very lucky 
And this is, this is like seven to 10 minutes walk from my home. And, um, so, and, and I'm, and I'm skipping and I'm jumping from spot to spot, but just to give you an idea, cause I'm sorry, that's what I do. As soon as it pops in my head, I start talking about it, but that really started changing things for me. So what is fascinating to me is these people that have these encounters encounters where this thing was four feet away from them or they were right there and having that I've, I've had these different kind of encounters, different kind of experiences. And I, I've been in the woods and enough times out here and everything to really dig down deep and realize that you're not alone. When the hair starts standing on the back of your neck, when I'm finding these TP structures, I'm finding these beautiful places and these things that it's either a group of boy scouts making them, Human, there's 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 only two things that are making these, you, you know, and you and you start to to really start to kind of bend your mind over. Why would somebody make this star structure? And when you're looking at five and six pointed stars and all this stuff, I'm like, what's? Why would somebody do that? But to go back to his place, it all started there. You know, when we started going up, and I started going up there on the weekends, that was one of the things that I found out the most, and that was probably why I'm able to do the. Uh, the conference and talk about these tree structures because it was like fascinating to me. Here you are and check it out. You're, you're on a trail. It's, it's gated. You can't get in, you can't get out. It's private. Uh, you don't, you don't go on people's private land. You're going to get shot, but these structures and what I've always found out about them or, or the correlations that I'm finding out about them are put together is that they're always made to be seen. Meaning that they're usually seven to 10 feet from the trail. And when you look, you're seeing them. It's like they're signs or there's something. I, I don't know. When I'm down here by me and I'm in a state park or I'm in a national park or something like that, my thought process is anybody can make that. Anybody could come in there. You know, I'm my worst skeptic. I don't go out on my on Facebook and say, oh, it's Bigfoot. It's got to be because you don't know. Nobody knows. But I find it fascinating that you're you're being in places where people aren't. And on his property up north, there's nobody on there. And there's nobody in the middle of it. It's not a national park. There's not trails to walk on there. People can walk their dogs and stuff. You're on, on again, you're on acres and acres. You know, 1,500 acres is a lot. And you're deep in these areas that there's nobody there. You can't, I can't even understand or even begin to understand. It's like, why are we finding these? When you're going through an area on one side and going to another, and you're finding 10, 12 of these stars that it's not natural tree fall. It didn't fall from the sky. And, and I put a lot of stuff that I find, the X's and those arches. To me, they're natural. Everybody has a theory and everybody thinks that, oh, it's this and whatever. I blame so much of that on Michigan weather, the wind, the winter, a tree falling on it. And, and certain things can land naturally a certain way. But when you look at one of these star structures that is six pointed, it's impossible. They're interwoven together. Right. And the same thing with the teepees. And uh, am I talking too much here? <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You're fine. But since you're, you know, breathing right now, we'll just <laughs> we'll just take a break. And you know, when we come back, we'll get right back into things. I've been on my own, trying to try to try to find my way home, my way home, a familiar home that I never, never, never seem to let go. All right, I want to 
to take a minute here and talk to you about HelloFresh. If you have a busy lifestyle like I do, I know that HelloFresh will help you out a ton. It helps me out a ton. Many of you know I drive truck 60 plus hours a week. I have a baby. My wife is busy. We're doing the show. Everything's going crazy 24-7, and that leaves us very little time to put together recipes and great dinners for us to eat that are healthy. Well, HelloFresh has solved that problem for us because you can actually choose from over 2,500 recipes on their website. They're archived recipes. Their recipes are constantly being updated, and when you order, it comes right to your house. The recipe and the ingredient. And all you have to do is follow the recipe and 30 minutes later, you will have a beautiful, healthy, fresh cooked meal right there for you and your family. These are all very healthy options and HelloFresh has come up with a system that works for the people who are extremely busy but wanna have a healthy lifestyle like I do. But that's not all they offer. They actually offer wine options that get delivered to your house on a weekly basis. You get six bottles of wine. They can either be mixed, white wine, red wine, you decide. And these wines are a perfect complement to a great meal. And HelloFresh also offers iPhone and Android apps where you can actually alter your order at any time mobily. So if you have to change your order, if you have to cancel your order, you can do that on the go because this company is for the on the go person. So I highly recommend you check it out. HelloFresh.com. When you go there, use the promo code, the confessionals 30. So they know that I sent you from here, the confessionals. Go ahead and check out HelloFresh.com. That's HelloFresh.com, promo code THEConfessionals30. And start your way to a healthier and more convenient lifestyle. This is Darren Marlar from the Weird Darkness Podcast, and you're listening to The Confessionals. You're talking about these tree structures, and I'm actually looking at the pictures right now on Facebook. These structures are all over the place. I've seen them a lot, and, and you're right. They're six-pointed, they're six pointed and uh, they're interwoven. And it's like when you, when you take the time, because it's easy to just walk by these things and just assume, oh, deadfall, especially when you don't have Bigfoot on the brain. It's like, oh, it's just a bunch of sticks. But when you actually look at these things and you inspect them, they're interwoven, and it's literally impossible for them to actually fall that way, the way they are woven together. Agreed. And, and that was, uh, that was one of the things that it, it, it's like scientific wise. I'm, I'm like, God, I can't, I guess it just leads more to the mystery. <clears throat> and that, and that to me, it was, was enough reason for me to keep going out. But as we were, I'll share a couple of things. A lot of stuff that I have, again, they're not some big major, you know, I wish class, what do they call it? Class A encounter yeah. where the thing came up and, you know, sat next to me and pulled up a chair. But <laughs> So <laughs> I wish, right? But then again, like Wes always says, be careful what you wish for. You know, it's not one of those things that you you, you, you don't want to do. When, you, when you're thinking of something, the excitement to me, and even the last time when we went and retrieved the trail cams, I got excited and I made a stupid mistake. I, I started going toward, we heard some whoops. I didn't even get to that one. I won't even go there for right now. But So being on the property, I have a bunch of these little mini stuff that I'll share with you, things that had happened. And 
my buddy, what I can say about him is like, we're total opposites. Um, he is a hunter and he's an avid hunter and he's a, basically he's, he's got some really trophy stuff that he's done in all his life. I'm not. So he knows his property. He knows the woods and he's had an experience and it's documented. He also believes that it's a flesh and blood animal. So no matter what, you know, there, as you know, and everybody's well aware of the two different communities and the groups, whether the paranormal side or as much we call it, coin the, the phrase, the woo. So looking at that, I'm like right down the middle because I cannot explain. I'm trying to explain and, and I've thrown it in the space several times, which is, it's really great because it's the devil's advocate that we play. He can't explain it. He can't figure it out. And he's going to stick to one way. And then I, I have to throw up what's happened. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, being out like that very first time at his place, I, I don't know what came over me that would, that would make me so scared or make me feel that kind of fear. And, and to be honest with you, since that day, I've never had that kind of fear again. I've had the weird hair on the back of my neck stand up, but I'm not kidding you. I was so petrified and scared that I really feared for my life. Um, but being out with him one time behind the house, this is probably, I think I want to say this was like last June or July. We were over there and we were just walking and maybe a quarter of a mile from his house from behind there, we, we were walking out and there was this crazy looking tree. And up at the top of this tree, there was a branch that went right through. It was kind of like needle in there. And he reaches up and he grabs it. And he's like, look at this. And I'm looking at him like, wow. Then all of a sudden, he like almost collapses to his knees. He goes, I, I don't feel right. I don't, I don't feel good. I go, what do you mean? And then he's like, almost falls. I go, oh, I go, dude, what's wrong with you? And he's like, uh, something's not right. I don't feel right. And he's like, do you, do you smell anything? And I go, no, I don't smell anything. So he, I had to grab the guy and I actually had to physically help him get back to the house. And once we walked, I walked with him and I got him back to the house and he sat down for like, I don't know, 40 minutes or so. He was fine. I mean, he was calm. And the first thing I said, I'm like, are you low blood sugar? You know, did you, and, and knowing that when we drove a three hour drive up there, we had a Gatorade, slice of pizza, candy bar, you know, it's like, I know he ate, but that's my first initial thought is maybe he's got some kind of medical problem or some kind of health problem, you know, that I don't know. And that I'm not aware of. So he's like, no, dude, he goes, I don't have anything like that. And again, this guy's a backpacker. He goes out and climbs and he's been to Australia backpacking he's been you know in washington he's been all over and so he's not some he's not unhealthy he's not some sickly guy or not in shape so i i just don't know how to explain it and neither can he but i feel as you've heard so many stories and people talk he got zapped and i i don't know what <laughs> i don't even know and he won't buy into it he can't explain what it happened to him but he knows that something that happened to him and it's never happened to him before. It's never happened to him since. So playing the devil's advocate, that's something that I would bring up to him. One of the other really weird things, which was actually, as I just tried to tell you about the last time, and this is back in February, we went out for just one weekend to pull the trail cams out of it because I had arranged for Dr. Jeff Melvin to do an excursion with us. I'm very fortunate. I'm very lucky because I'm actually going to be picking him up from the airport and I get that three hour drive with him to go down and he's going to be staying with us and I'm taking him to the property. So I plan a thing to do the next day to be out there. So what I told Ernie, I said, we got to get those trail cams down. Being that he's a hunter 
flesh and blood guy, his thought process is, well, Bigfoot makes mistakes. <laughs> I'm like, sure they do. But anything that I've ever heard, anything I've ever known, anybody that's in any kind of uh, law enforcement will tell you, if you want these things to go away, if you're having a problem with these things coming up to your house, put some cameras on the outside of your house, and guess what? Bingo. They go away. Because these things, just like other animals, I believe, they can pick up on it, and they know. One of the first things that I always remembered when we would put trail cams up in Jackson for my buddy's hunting area, the first five, ten photos is of deer coming up to the camera and putting their nose right to it. Either they smell the plastic, they smell the batteries, they're picking up on the infrared, the sound, something. I'm not sure what it is. I'm not an expert, but I know that animals do that. So he's had like over 13 of these trail cams put out through the whole entire area. And he's hoping that he'll catch a bobcat or something. He's hoping to catch the big fellow. But I say to him, once you started putting these cameras out, our activity started dying. And that's my thoughts and that's my belief on it. So I talked to the guy and talked him into it just this February. And I said, get him off. When we came out here and we had that smell and had that experience that started kicked off the whole summer, is because nobody had been to your property for months. It's going to be like that again. We're going to come out there in April. It'll be a year later, but we're going to be out there with, you know, one of the most famous, you know, scientists to be on a property with. And we're going to take them out there. So get rid of your trail cams. I don't want any reason for what I believe is there to not be hanging out there and for us not to have some kind of activity or encounter. So we went out in February and retrieved them and I had another little mini little thing. But getting back to the zapping part and where we're at on that, here I go again, Tony, sorry, I'm going from one end to the other. That's fine, Um, man. (laughs) We were on the property and that same area where you retrieved the last ones, um, there's an area, there's a, we gave it like a little, it's like a little hill. And on this hill, on this little summit, a couple of things that happened when we were out there. I, I recall it was me my son and him, and we were coming in the trail and we were coming through. And as soon as we got to this little mountainous little area, we heard two distinct tree knocks, but they were quick. And that's one of the things that really paid attention to. They weren't like, bam, bam. These things were really fast. It was a fast, it was like, bam, bam, really loud and really hard and really quick. And we heard it in all, this is in the middle of the day. This is probably about one o'clock in the afternoon. Again, private property. There's nobody there. It's summertime. This was probably in July of last summer. And I'm like, whoa. And we we all heard it. And it was just, it was exciting. So we went toward this hill and we were going to take, take this hill. I'm like, let's go through the center and we were going to go around it. So we actually went and it took us about an hour and a half, maybe two hours. I'm not even sure. It could even have been longer. Don't, can't quote me on the time frame. But we went through the center of this hill and through there and come back and nothing. Couldn't see nothing. Didn't hear nothing. There was nothing. Can't understand what would make that loud bang, bang sound. But in my brain, I knew it was something that was a wood knock. You could, you could tell. It was almost like something that took in its hand and slapped it out of the tree because it was, it was just loud. On our way back and coming back through there to be kind of like a smart aleck or whatever, or, or even, I don't even, I didn't even want to say it was being a smart aleck. It was just my normal reaction as we're leaving, we're coming back the same way as we just went through. Come on. And I just yelled out loud <laughs> to them. And I said, thank you. Just like that. And then it did it again. It went bam, bam, loud again. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So now all of us are like, whoa, you know, because we just heard it when we came in, walked through that whole area. 
And then on our way out, couldn't see or nothing on our way out. I just yelled out, thank you to them and put my hand up and they did it again. And don't know what that was and, and can't describe it. But what I can tell you is that that same hill, and I had referenced before, what's that guy's name? Uh, Todd Stanley. He had made one comment that I thought was interesting. He said that maybe they have what they put up like a century where there's actually one or two that actually stay awake and watch an area so that they can sleep or wherever they bet down in the daytime. So in my thought process in my brain, I'm thinking, well, maybe this is an area where they bet down in. Because we were making noises, we were walking in, it seen us and it did that little weird signal thing. We went all through that little area, come back, and now we're leaving, and it made that same noise again. I don't know if that's true or anything, but that was kind of like my brain processing, trying to figure out this deal. Well, this same area, <laughs> and this is the funny part, and this goes back to him and me being opposites. We would go put the trail cam up there, put the trail camera up there, and he gets his battery and gets his little SD card and sets it all up there. We go back there the next day, and it's not working pulls it back. We jump in the machine. We drive back to the house. He grabs more batteries and put it in there. It's working at the house. We drive back out there and put it up there. It won't work there. It will not. A trail camera will not work when we put it in that area up on the top of that summit right there. It just won't work. It's really, really bizarre. So I said, okay, let's put a digital recorder out there then. And it's the same thing. You put a digital recorder out there and the batteries are dead and it doesn't record anything. Why the camera will not record out there and why this digital camera. And to me, that's just on, that's on the realm of it's just weird or the woo or the paranormal because his scientific brain, his logical brain, this guy's an electrician. He'll be like, well, maybe it's just a defective camera. Maybe the batteries are bad. You know, you go, you run down the things of what it could be. But the funny thing is every time, you know, I slept in my, and, um, I have a Dodge Durango. I slept in my Durango one night up by the property because I, I, I heard some stupid podcast. I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'll sleep in my car. So that same camera that we put up on the hill, we brought it back. When we brought it to the house, it worked. And we ended up putting it on my car the whole night at work. But when you take it and you put it out to that area, it just wouldn't work. It's just another one of those things. I can't explain why it's not working. I do have a couple pictures that I'm having daytime. And it's funny that a lot of researchers or investigators or whatever they want to call themselves, they don't want to acknowledge these orbs. They don't want to acknowledge when they see right. strange lights, you know, because they don't want to tie it to, this is a flesh and blood animal. And if your thought process is, you know, America, you know, it eats, it poops, it's got to do that. You know what I mean? And I'm going to take a gun and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to prove it. It's flesh and blood, but they can't explain these other weird things. And when they're seeing these strange lights and these strange orbs and all of this stuff, well, I got some that are in the daytime. I don't know what they are, but they're, they're interesting. You know, they're cool. It's cool to see it in the daytime. And then at nighttime, uh, it's just, it's just, to me, (laughs) it's just hard to explain, but that was two of the, the, the zap thing, the knocks out there, the digital recorder and the camera thing was just in that same area. Now I'm going to fast forward again. Um, from that point, since I'm still talking about that one spot, I believe that there's some kind of action or activity or something, and maybe they bed down or they hang out there. I don't know, but it's just a really strange area where we've gone to as we went this last February. Now, I want to say it was like February 4th. I think, I don't know, but it was that weekend. It was the middle of a snowstorm and it was snowing really, really crazy. And I had a digital recorder that I had in a plastic bag on the outside of like my jacket. And as we're going, I just turned it on and let it record. 
as we went into the woods and we're grabbing and retrieving all the trail cams. So as we go to get the last one, and it's somewhere between 10 and 10 to 10 at night, and me, him, and his girlfriend are out there, and it's snowing like crazy. And we've heard a couple of weird noises as we were grabbing the trail cams, but I can't really ascertain what it was, so I'm not even going to go there. So as we go to get the last one, he's grabbing the camera. I hear this crazy scream, and it's like his girlfriend, again, she can hear he can't hear from nothing. It's probably from shooting so many guns, you know, and everything else. And he played music. So, you know, I'm not making excuses for him, but I always noticed like, I'll be somewhere with him. I'm like, do you hear that? And he's like, huh? And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, cause I, I can hear really well right. and I can, I can hear stuff. So we're hearing this like weird scream and it, and it was almost like a strange kind of bird or something, but I don't know what kind of bird would make this kind of weird scream. Um, well, the weird part is it changes, and it sounded like something was dragging something, and I, and I could hear it, and I don't know what it is. No big deal. As he's grabbing the trail cams, we were going to put this stuff down in, like, a little gifting area. He wanted us to go down in this, you know, this, like, a hollow, and it's a long little walk in the snow. And he's like, well, let's go down here and put this. I'm like, can't you hear that? So finally, I get him to hear. Now it starts making howls, and it was the most beautiful, like, whoop and a howl at the same time. And it was in a distance away as it's getting closer. And it was the coolest thing. It, it's getting closer. Finally got his attention and he's listening. She's there. She's like, take it back to the car. <laughs> you know, she's, she's done. And it's getting closer. And like about every hmm, 20 seconds or so, it's doing this weird woo. And it was like long, but it was like a howl. I can't even describe it. All I can say is if you are out there in the woods, this is what you want to hear. This is what you're out there for. And I was pretty darn excited about it. Overly too probably excited because I had my um, digital recorder in a baggie to protect it from getting wet snow, which was a dumb move. And I learned a valuable mistake with that. It's crinkling and making so much darn noise. I pulled it out, get it out of the baggie, and I'm holding it up because I'm hearing this thing. And we're starting to go down this hill. And as we're going down the hill, I think I got it like three or four times. And we're going down the hill towards his vehicle. Now, he had this little, um, like a Jeep Liberty that he could actually drive onto the trails. Instead of going, obviously, it was cold and it was snowing, so we weren't going to go in a a side-by-side or, you know, a four-by-four. So we're in his vehicle and we're down there. So as we're working our way down to the vehicle, I think I rushed it because it's getting louder and it's getting closer. And I was trying to get it so excited to get it on record that as I went down the hill to get toward it, I couldn't hear it no more and it stopped. And I think we spooked it, whatever it was. They went and got in the car and I walked around for a little bit in that area, never heard another thing again. And again, this was just a couple months ago, but I just had this weird feeling that maybe something, <laughs> because we that was the last trail camp, Something was acknowledging that, and, and as, as crazy as that sounds, or dumb as that sounds, I'm not even sure. But it was like it was a, it was a weird acknowledgement. So as I go through my head and my brain, what else could be making that kind of noise at 10 o'clock at night out there? And the only other thing in Michigan it could be would have been a wolf, you know, because bears are hibernating and the bears don't howl and whoop. And it wasn't a person because it, it was snowing so bad and everything out there. And again, we're in the deep middle of his property. You know, it's it's really hard to say. So. I'm just tying that in. You know, this was something that was recent, but I'm going back to to the property. And I'll tell you two more little things that had happened up there before I start to talk about the the recent stuff and the um, the thing that's been doing with the, the tree structures. Um, one time, 
too. And this is, uh, and, and, and again, I'm kind of getting versed and, and learning everything because a year ago I went to the conference. I didn't have any kind of vast knowledge. I had no, you know, information. Everything I got was from listening to stuff like your show, Wes's show, uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Vic from Dogman and uh, Brent Sawyer. So I'm listening to all these different stuff. And so I'm getting information from that. And uh, I'm like, I'm fascinated by that. But I'll explain this one to you. We would set up a camp behind his house over there. And the woods goes back and backs up to his property. So we throw down some lawn chairs, grab a couple cocktails, get a couple beers and sit around there. And I had a, what's called a REM pod. And this REM pod is like a, it picks up electromagnetic energy. So it's like one of those spirit ghost device things. And when you put it out there, it has an antenna in the center of it, it looks like a big can. And this, this thing, if you go near it, you go towards it, it starts to make noise. And it's like, beep, 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 and it makes noise close to that. Anything gets in contact with it, it'll start to beep louder. And it has lights around the device as it goes off. In theory, it's supposed to pick up kinetic energy, supposed to pick up electromagnetic energy, um, people's energy, this, that, and the other. And so I had set it up on top of like this hill that we can see, and we're probably 35 yards, maybe 40 yards, sitting in the campfire style and we have some lawn chairs and we're sitting around in like a half circle and have that right up at the top of this little hill so that we can look at it with me alongside me. I have my night vision um, binoculars and I have the floor and he has his floor and we're sitting there and this thing starts going off and uh, I'm looking at it and he's looking at it alongside where this is at. There's this big monster tree that's right alongside of it. And that's something to keep note of. So I get up and I walk over and I'm getting closer to this REM pod because I'm like, ah, what, what is the deal? As I get up there, it's nothing. There's nothing there. So I'm sitting from my chair and this thing kept going off and going off. And so I would, every time it would start to go off, I would grab the night vision and these night vision ones, they were cool. Night vision ones is like, everything is green and I can see, and there's nothing, absolutely nothing around it. I pull up the floor. It's not picking up any heat. The only thing that it's picking up is the big tree right next to it. And there's nothing there. So the whole night, several times it does this. And we, we were listening to, I, I want to say we were listening to, you know, something that I had recorded from Chronicles or something on it. And they get up and they go to sleep. Um, again, I always get this where it's like, oh, sorry, man, I work blurs. So I, for me, it's so excited for me to get up north to get to the property. And I get it. He works hard. So when he gets up there after a three-hour drive, usually on a Friday, he, he nods out. So him and his girlfriend go and they vacate the area. Before they do, there's this owl and I hear this owl and this owl is going off and it's one of those, uh, who cooks for you owls, you know, that okay, so yeah. you, you can hear it and it's in the thing. And his girlfriend's like, ah, that owl's getting close. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. That was, it, it was no big deal. She says, sorry, Chuck, I, I got to go to bed. So first Ernie goes and then she turns in. And luckily for me, I have this, uh, a digital recorder that I play outside the house to record every time I go out there. So I do have this on record. Um, the REM pod thing was going off. They went to bed and I'm sitting in this lawn chair around the fire. The fire started to go out and now I hear another owl. And the next owl that I hear is coming from the left side of me. And so the owl that I heard on the right is a different sounding as this one that I'm hearing on the left, but and nonetheless, it's in a distance. And so 
it's making it sound, and then this one is making it sound, and it's about every between 30 seconds to a minute you're hearing it, and it's getting closer. So the one on the left side is getting closer to me, and I'm sitting out there by myself, and I'm stirring the fire. The rim pod is going off, and so all of a sudden I hear the third owl. Now, the third owl is even different from the other one, and they're making the same sound, but it's directly in front of me. And it's not close enough, and it's, it's, it's out there a ways, but I can hear it. So I'm hearing three distinct sounds that sounds like owls, right? And so the one on the right is getting closer. It's getting closer. The one on the left is getting closer. And I feel like I'm in a movie. It's just really weird. I'm like, what is it, uh, mating season for owls? I actually went online the next day and looked it up and thought, you know, is there, is there like a mating season or something in Michigan where this is happening? You know, is that their time in June? Because I've never heard of owls that kept coming towards you. Where you know you hear an owl, and I've seen them. We I've seen them several times out there in the woods with a big. These are big barred owls and stuff, and they're huge and they're beautiful, beautiful animals. But these things are getting closer, and the one on the right was getting closer. Now the one that's directly in front of me is getting closer, and the one on the left, and the one on the left, which is weird too. It's just like a totally different sound of that, but it was higher pitched and whatever. I, I just it felt weird. I knew I was a little creeped out, and I went in the house. My digital recorder continued to record, but it was creepy enough for me to go. And, and again, these are just weird little things, but stuff that had happened. So the next morning when I woke up, we went and uh, looked out there. I was dumb. I left that REM pod out there all night. I'm like, oh, great. It's probably ruined, you know, from the dew and everything else. So when we walk over there, I go grab the REM pod. It had a 9-volt battery, and it was still had battery life, and it was still good. And this is the bizarre part. On the right-hand side... About maybe three and a half feet, four and a half feet from where the REM pod was, where that tree is, behind that tree on the ground. Now, he had a bunch of leaf litter that was on the ground. Behind that tree is all black dirt where something had moved all the leaves in like a big pound. It looked like the size of a bear. And I took pictures of it. And in my brain or in my mind, I think that something was there but it was using the cover of the tree so that my floor camera was only picking up the coolness of the tree and something was laying down behind the tree and had moved all the leaves out of the way because it was sitting there, laying there, or squatting there, or whatever the heck it was doing. And it was an eye-opener for me because, again, I'm like, was something there? So he couldn't explain it. I couldn't explain it. And, again, I'm not saying, it, you know, what it is. majority of the things that have happened you know, it's the same thing on, on the Facebook thing. I, I present it, let people, let people think about it. I, I can't tell you because I didn't see it. I experienced something, but I don't know what it was. And I don't, there, when you look back there and all the leaves are on the ground, except behind that tree and behind that tree is all black or something that sat there. It kind of blew my mind. And it was just a weird thing. The same thing with the owls. At that time, I had no information. I did not know anything about mimicking. So, to me, it was just weird owls, and it was just creepy, but all of, all of everything inside of me was just enough to say, all right, it's time to go in the house. Everybody else went in the house. It's time for you to go in the house. <laughs> you know, so many of these weird things, you know, that would happen, that have happened on a property. I had been out in there across the trail on the other side of the property with my son. And we had one time, me and him was out there on the trail at nighttime, and we saw something that looked like it stood up on his floor. I didn't have my floor camera with me. I got a really nice one and he has a mini one. It's a smaller one. And so 
he grabbed my arm, you know, like squeezed, gave me the death grip. And, and again, he's a grown man, just like me. He's like, look, you know, look, and it's freaked us out. So little weird things, but nothing that I can put together and say, oh, I had this. I will tell you this. Another weird uh, experience was it's the same time that that had happened that we had saw something that has flared on the trail. We call it the hunter's side of the property because he had a friend of his who was hunting on that side of the property up in a tree stand and he was there all day and I guess he came out because when he did come out and this is several years ago probably 10 15 years ago he had a uh, an encounter where they followed him out and the guy came out with like tears in his eyes and this is a close friend of his and I think he passed away um, and he came out and he had tears in his eyes and he did something was there and kept popping his head up over this area and then it followed me out of the woods when him and uh, when both of them came out of the woods, my buddy Ernie said that, you know, he goes, look, man, he goes, he had tears in his eyes. He's like, and this is a good friend of mine. He goes, I don't think he's going to make it up. So we've kind of nicknamed that side of the property over there, the hunter's area where that had happened. But he said when he followed him out and he actually got to the road again, that he heard a little girl giggling. He said it sounded like 10 year old girls and they were giggling. And he's like, why would there be, it was just weird. And at the end, he tells the story and, uh, and he's told it to me, and he's, he'll be telling it at the convention. He's actually doing the conference uh, with me. He's doing the real little Sasquatch. He's going to be one of the speakers there, too. And uh, so he always talks about that. And it's fascinating to me because all these things, they're little things, but they kind of add up because you don't really – I didn't know anything about mimicking, and I didn't know what that was. And you can't really ascertain it or explain it or, you know, put merit on any of that. But on the hunter's side of the property where that stuff had taken place, I was out there one time with my son. And me and him were just walking in that trail. It was getting dark. It wasn't quite yet dark. And one of the things that I've always noticed that happens, and this has happened more than five or six times, is when you hear something or when I've heard something where it's like a loud crack or a tree coming down or something, all your attention is focused on where it is that you heard that. And I'm looking, and I got a camera and everything else on it because I'm looking for that, you know, that moment. And then there's always something behind you or to the left of you that makes another noise. And it seems yep. if you're smart, you, you don't look. Because <laughs> it's like, I was with my son Jagger, and he's like, yeah. And, and so, again, being a dummy, I went toward it. He was backing up, and I went toward it. I go, here. And I handed him the camera, and I said, you film. And I went toward it. Up at the top of this, the, the very top of this tree, something through a big stick, a big branch, something come out of it. We literally seen... We heard the noise, and then something threw it out. It landed on the ground on the trail. Now, maybe something broke, but maybe not. I don't know. But when a tree breaks and you hear it snap, something usually snaps. So as I'm looking up to where this is at, Jagger's backing up. And, you know, I, I carry usually like a, a 40 caliber or a 45 or something, something. You know, I always have something when I'm up there because there's bear, there's wolves, there's, there's animals that are up there. I don't carry anything by my house or downstate. But up there I have. So I'm not really, really freaked out or scared because obviously I haven't had a, a 900-pound encounter yet where something's been in my face and I peed my pants, you know. So, But I just I just want to have some kind of gun or something with me out there. And as this thing had broke a branch or something off in there, I had him with the camera looking at it. Then you start hearing stuff behind you. And I'll be a son of a gun. I mean, you're hearing stuff. I'm like, something's back there. So you, as soon as you turn your head and you look, at, I feel in my brain, you lose it. It's like a distraction. It's like 
something you catch and then something makes another noise to get your attention to look away. And once you look away, it only takes a second for something else to, to blend in. And I've had that experience with Jagger, but the time that I was with him, that he had caught something at nighttime on the floor, it was the same thing. Heard something in front of you and we're looking and we're looking with, with everything that we have and all our little lights and devices. And then you hear something behind you or to the right of you and then you lose it and you can't find it. You can't see it. And then everything goes quiet. But what was really weird is we had saw three, um, eye shines and they were, they were like amber, gold, amber, yellow. And I think one of them was even orange. But the weird thing about it is when we would shine the light on them, they were at three different levels and they were at three different heights and they weren't like, it wasn't, it was no, nothing huge. It was nothing that was seven or eight feet off the ground, but there was a, like a three and a half foot, four and a half foot height. They were weird. But the bizarre part about it, and we're trying to figure out what animal this was, and I don't know what it was, but there were three of them. And they all stood at three different heights, and you could see their eyes. As we started walking out, they followed us. So we would walk 15, 20 feet and look, and they would follow us, and they would be on the right side. And I thought, deer usually don't follow you. A coyote isn't going to follow you. I don't know what it was. I was like, it couldn't have been raccoons because raccoons sit too low to the ground. I, I don't know what it was, but I just know that it, it was just bizarre. It was just one of those where nothing came at us. Nothing made noises. It was nothing. It was not a violent situation or even a scary situation, but it was an animal. And I, you could clearly see the eyes and I, I'm like shooting my spotlight. You know, it's like a million power light, whatever it is. Um, illumination and I, I can't see nothing but the eyes i couldn't make out the body of you know whatever it was it just again this is like little snippets that i'm giving you of something as a weird situation and as we walked out of the woods and whatever it got almost to the point where we had to get out and then we would cross the road and get to his house and this property side you know but there's a lot of just a lot of bizarre things on that hunter's area side i, I we had found an area where they had knocked down something that had took down all these trees and these trees are probably five and a half, six inches around and knocked them all down right to where they were down about maybe a foot, foot and a half. And you looked and down in the center of this was a bed and you could tell it was a bed. It was all these leaves and everything and all this really fine grass that was interwoven together. And I looked at him and I said, man, I'd sleep on this. It's so clean. There's nothing on here. I'm like, you could literally sleep on it. But there was nothing, you know, I couldn't say, I can't tell you what it is. I can't say that this is what that is or whatever. It just, to me, it's just bizarre. There's bizarre things that added up. And then into my head, into my brain, I'm thinking, these are the signs. You know, these are, these are actually the things that you're, you're, you're out here looking for. And so I, let's see, I'm trying to think of, I, I think that pretty much wraps up. There's been a lot of other little strange things that have happened. And a majority of the stuff, like I said, was all up on that property and that, that kind of gave me the the fuel just from those things to, to actually start looking out here. And once I had started looking out by my house and being, you know, now I'm not up north and in the middle of the thick and everything, I am surrounded by lakes and there are wooded areas, but there's a lot of parks and stuff by me. That's when uh, we started seeing them here. And back in June, and I think I, I, I'm going backwards and going around when I told you my son had actually gotten one on film and had you know, took this picture. I'll send this to you and I can send it to you privately or what have you. But I, it, the hardest part for me and when I go to the conference and I present is, is 
when you look at something and you look at something that somebody else has, whether you're looking on YouTube, whether you look on Facebook or somebody who's to hand you your phone, the first thought we all have as people is, come on, really? You know, because right. I don't, I, I mean, I, I know in my heart, and that's the craziest part for me to swallow. I know my, my, my son didn't fake it. He's not a faker. He used the damn iPhone. I pay the bill on it, you know? <laughs> he, used <the> iPhone. <laughs> he used the iPhone and he took this picture. And it wasn't until we came home. He looked at it and he's like, there's this black thing, Dad, that's on this thing. And he goes, I don't know what it is. And we, we looked at it and opened it up and then opened it up. I sent it to a guy and had him run it through a computer thing to check it out. And it shows the head is like down and the head is like gray. And then he's like, you can see different things that are on it. And it's black. It's black. I mean, it's shiny black is black. In this place where it was taken at by my house, it's called Dodge Park. I mean, I don't hide anything from anybody. And people ask, well, where are you finding this? I'm like, it's at Kensington State Park. Because this is at, you know, National Fort. You know, why? I have no secrets. I have no, go check it out. Go walk it. You know, that, that one video that I put on your page, on the confessionals page, and I know a lot of people acknowledge it, and I call it like the village or Bigfoot Town, because there's 10 structures that are right there. And they're teepee structures. And they look, you know, people come up with all these different kind of ideas and say, well, maybe it's a blind or a hunting blind or it's this, you know, it could be anything. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to claim and say, oh, Bigfoot made it. How the hell do we know? You know, nobody knows. And right. nobody, you know, and, and that's my, my, my biggest complaint too is you hear it a lot and it's true. There are no experts. There, there, there really isn't. There's, you have people that, like Dr. Jeff Meldrum that's an expert you know, that, that has degrees and stuff, but all of the people that go out and all of the TV shows and all that, you know, I, I shake a finger and I say stuff and I probably get a bunch of people give me the thumbs down for it, but, but I don't care because in my thought process, when a guy comes out, you know, you would always hear, and I'll use this as an example, just as a generic example of you, you would watch finding Bigfoot. You hear like moneymakers say, I've been tracking Sasquatch for 25 years. Okay. So what does that mean? And what does that say? And what does that say about you? You've been doing this for 30 years. And yet I've been doing it. Uh, I've been doing it less than a year. Well, you, you know, credibility wise, do you have any? And, and I don't want to say, oh, because you sold out to the industry. That's a whole nother conversation. But what I'm saying is there's people that are out there that have been researching. If you want to call it researching, investigating, whatever you want. People will say that about me. And I'm like, I'm not a researcher. I'm not an investigator. I'm nobody. I'm a dude who goes out in the woods and I take pictures of what's happening. I'm documenting everything that's happening around me for what I don't know. I want to educate and get people on board, but that's it. Just like every other person that goes out there, you want to to have some sort of proof to the naysayers. I have a lot of people in my family and friends and it's kind of like coming out is what it is. You're coming out of the closet. A lot of people will judge me now and say, oh, you're one of those guys. Huh? You're, you're one of those that you really believe that insult you and basically say, I never really took you as one of those guys that would actually believe in that. And I'm thinking, well, you know what? There's a lot of things you don't know about me. But <laughs> until you're out there and until you, you experience that or, or have that kind of experience, how can you, I guess, how can you, how can you really prejudge? And, and so, with somebody saying they've been doing it for 20, 30 years. And I tell you, I've been doing it for a year and you got nothing more than I got. And just like, you know, just like Wes would say, you don't have one in your garage and not studying it. Nobody does. So there really is no, to me, 
you can write a book on your experiences. You can write a book on your encounters. You can do a documentary. You can do all these things. And I think it's great that people do, but to go out there and say, you're this or you're that you're not. And you don't have, you can say it's flesh and blood. You can say it's woo. You can say they come from aliens or anything you want to read from the national choir or what have you. You know, there's so many fascinating things. If you want to take it from the Bible, the Nephilim, there's so many fascinating things. But at the end of the day, nobody is an expert and nobody really knows. The only people that know and the only people that are experts are the feds because they know and because they have, you know, suppressed information and captured these things and all this other stuff. And we, that, that's fact. Everybody is pretty much aware on that. Nobody is, is coming, you know, people say, well, the DNA, and that's great. But every time somebody does a DNA study, it comes back inconclusive. Nobody will get behind that. And that's probably because of funding. That's probably because if you do get behind that, there's somebody that's saying, we'll pull your phone in in a minute. You know, this is this. And we, we're not, they're not ready to give people that information. And that makes the mystery to me even more interesting. You know, when you hear all these different encounters and game wardens and, and the, you know, the Department of Interior and Agriculture, all these people, that, the, the federal government that's so involved. And if you listen to some of these other guys' shows, you know, even your show, you know, Tony, with the stuff that you were putting out with the uh, Mandalay stuff, I mean, you went to go post on the next day and then Facebook, boom, Zoom. There's people that are yeah. really paying attention to things. And I, and I really believe that the algorithms and stuff that's out there now that's in place, if they don't want you to talk about it, they're not going to lie you. If they don't want, you know, the guy says, well, you can shoot it and then you can take it and you put it on 10 different news channels and you send your photos in and you'll get the news out. Well, that's, that sounds great in a movie, but the most of the news networks, and right. most of those things are controlled whether people believe it or not, or whether people, you know, I'm going off the side here a little bit from the big, but no, go for it. I believe, and this is, you know, <laughs> this is my thoughts. I, I believe a lot of that is controlled. So if you, if the guy comes to you and says, yeah, I was in, you know, I was in the, the, the building when such and such did this shooting and this killing, if they don't want your message out there, they're going to block it. They're going to keep it. If a guy who has evidence here, DNA or something, they're not going to, it's the same thing with the people who see UFOs. It's been going on forever. They make fun of it and they make fun of people. That was like one of my biggest little rants that I had before on, on Facebook was, isn't it funny to me? Or don't you find it funny that every time that you listen to the news and whether it's local or whatever, and they speak about either one Bigfoot or UFOs, it's with a pun. It's with a smile. It's with a joke. And they, they laugh. They're like, a guy in Wixom saw UFOs. Stay tuned at six o'clock. And they laugh about it because they want you to laugh about it. They make a joke out of it because right. they saw Bigfoot or saw a UFO. It's their way Almost of doing clickbait. Yes. Yes. You know, just so that, and if you believe in it, you're some kind of idiot or if you get behind it. And I think that's the main, you know, the main thing that, keeps the people that do there was a lady and this was, I don't even know when, maybe we'll say a week or so ago. Maybe it was this week. I don't even know. And I had read her, her, uh, her thing on your confessionals where I believe it was a confessional. So she said, I made a comment about, she was feeding these things. She was feeding Bigfoot on her property or something when, the um, some kind of water floods or something came through and she was feeding the food and there's like 400 people just jumped on this lady and said, Yo, what are you on crack? What are you, what, what, what kind of mushrooms are you on? And what are you smoking lady? And I think that's the reason why a lot of people, credible people, everyday people 
that do see something out there, um, they don't they don't want to come forward. They don't want to say anything. They right. don't want to be ridiculed. They don't want to be labeled. They don't want to, you know, it's much easier to say that didn't happen or suppress it and not talk about it because people will think you're insane or think you're nuts. If you, if you go into any kind of place and talk about those kind of things, I think that it's kind of taboo to a degree. Although, you know, with information, you know, things are getting out more, but it also puts more hoaxes out. It puts more trolls out. It puts more disinformation out there. And I think that's one of the big things that the Bigfoot community, people slam into the walls is we don't have support. You don't, you don't have, you can't go to the news. You can't go to a scientific community. You can't go to the government because they're part of the problem that's keeping this from the people, you know, and that's the, you know, whatever you do, you do it in secret. And, and, And trust me, nobody is doing anything in secret if you have YouTube, if you have Facebook, if you yep. have, a, if you have a, a cellular phone. They know everything. You know, sure. And, and the people that think that they don't, then those people need to really wake up too. And I, I don't want to yeah. go off on that whole thing because, you know, that's a whole other You're going to get me going on that. <laughs> but, isn't it, but isn't it crazy though? Because you... Yeah, I, I hate being called it, and I've been called it all my life. You know, conspiracy theory. Because I always would laugh. People, there was like some number of things that I'd say. Well, let me ask you this: you you really think that several Arabic guys with box cutters is the real reason what went down with nine one one? And once people start to put that, I always listen to see how educated somebody is when you have a just an ever educated debate or conversation, and where they go with that, and how they say, it. and that kind of leads into whether I even have any more conversation about it or take a young person and you take a young person, you say to them, Hey, do you know where your money comes from? And the average person will say, "Uh, I don't know. My boss, (laughs) my boss, my job, the bank. And I'm like, no, your federal, your money comes from the federal reserve. And the federal reserve is owned by five very rich families. It's not owned by the United States. We don't stock in it and we don't control it. You really need to educate yourself and know who's really running the country, who's really running the media and who's really running the world. Because at the end of the day, when you turn on your the Disney Channel and your kids are watching this garbage, and you turn on the, the music awards and Beyonce and Jay Z are throwing up these signs, there's a reason yeah. all these things are happening. It's all propaganda. Symbolism. Sure, but it's symbolism, and the symbolism yep. that's behind all that. And this goes along with you being a Christian and a lot of the stuff that you say. I, I can get behind because the stuff is there, and a lot of people aren't awake, and a lot of people don't see it. And you can either acknowledge it or you don't acknowledge it. But, you know, Hollywood and the whole music industry is a whole, and this is a whole other episode. I'm going to stop talking about this, but it's a, <laughs> it's a whole other, you know, it's a whole other genre of things. And it's information that people really aren't paying attention. And when you look at that stuff and when you, you're watching TV, you know, there's a reason why things are called TV programs, you know, because they're programming you. They're putting right. the message, what they want you to fear, what they want you to um, get behind what they want you to believe, you know, what they want you to buy, what they, what they think you should be thinking and yeah. anything else. So yeah. Go ahead. I absolutely agree with you. And, you know, I, I want to take a break right now, but when we come back, we're going to dive into this and we're going to bring the show in for a landing on the second half of this, but uh, I definitely have some things I'd like to talk about. So stay with us, everybody. Ready to blow me down. 
This is Wes with Sasquatch Chronicles, and you're listening to The Confessionals with Tony Merkel. I mean, yeah, it's like, does anybody ever sit back and wonder why most of the things you see in coming out of Hollywood or on Netflix or whatever uh, eventually comes true? You know, like, like you ever wonder why yesterday's sci-fi is today's reality? You ever think that that's, a, that's not a coincidence when it happens so many times over and over again? You ever sit there and just wonder and actually think to yourself, is this done on purpose? Because if you're not, you're fooling yourself. And in fact, I'll tell you one thing right now. Uh, and people, are, people that listen to me and stuff, they know I'm a Christian. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, one of the shows that you're going to want to watch and think think on actually there's two that just came to my mind they're both on netflix one is black mirror uh it's um uh, some of the some of the shows are borderline pornography in some scenes uh so you know i encourage people to flip through that <laughs> but um what the, the content that they provide is very mind-opening because you after every episode you say i could see that happening and then the other show uh is colony there's a show called Colony on Netflix that I just I don't watch a whole lot of TV. There's very few shows I watch, but I found the show Colony and I've been, you know, watching it. Uh it's very very disturbing on how if that cuz you hear people talk about the whole alien agenda and how one day they're going to reveal themselves to us and they're going to um come to earth and they're going to take over and they're going to because they're not happy with how we're handling things. All this stuff like uh, and I don't even necessarily buy into that whole narrative. Uh, I, I'm, I'm on the record. I, I don't care if aliens exist or don't. If they don't, like, it doesn't matter, doesn't bother me either way. It's not going to affect my faith in Jesus Christ, so I, I don't care. Uh, but what happens in this show? If there was supposed to be, say, if the aliens aren't real, but they're going to try to put on a, a, an illusion, like I'm telling you, people watch this show because it, it's going to turn your head. It's going to turn your head. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to hijack the show there administration and the whole terrorist and you're, you're a terrorist and then they used anthrax and they used all this stuff and then the the obama administration did their whole thing that what they used and they've they've managed to turn the the thing on with christianity and the stuff that goes against uh, the bible stuff so with the the marriages and the lbgts and all this stuff and they say it's okay you know it's okay now to pull this out of the flag and not say this in church and you, you don't want to do this because you're going to offend. I don't know who you're going to offend. I know when I was a kid that that's what we did. We, we went in and we, we did this, but a lot of the things that people can and can't get behind. One of the things that I see is the next terrorist thing that they're going to try to do is going to say, we're going to have a threat from the uh, extraterrestrials. And since right. we have this technology that they can do now with these holographic things, and they've been testing them and doing it and all of our stuff, who's to say they don't do something and make this big, you know, they did that thing in Holland when Obama went to a visit when he was president. And there was that big, huge vortex thing. And everybody saw it. And everybody's like, oh, what is it? It was a test. And so if they make a threat of something and scare people um, and scare you to think that, oh, my God, we have this other Because what is left to scare us with? You scared us with, you Space. know, they were going to do something in your in your mail. They're going to do something with a bombing. They were going to scare us with a terrorist. They're going to scare us with ISIS. So what is left is an alien threat. And they're, you know, they have the technology and the capability to do that and make everybody. And I think that would, and I don't want to go too deep into it, but that could, that could be worldwide. 
and that puts that NW New World Order thing in there that everybody is just happening in Texas or the United States. This is happening everywhere. So if they can sell it big, you know, like a global warming or something, it could be your next threat. And I don't know. No, you're absolutely right. And, and talking like that. Nope, nope. You're absolutely right, Chuck. You're absolutely right. Because uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, President Trump was talking about i think with it within this year he was talking about the reality of weaponizing space and how in the future us fighting wars in space why why you know what i mean like 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 we yes, like sure. we're talking about a whole nother level here now you know you talked about you know we they tried scaring us all this other stuff what what's better than to create this uh illusion at the at least an illusion of us fighting war with extraterrestrials in space. Why do we need to weaponize space? And that's what they're talking about doing right now. You know, it, it, and you want to go down the whole um, space hole, you know, rabbit hole. We have, you know, go, going back to the the moon landings. You know, uh, was there really a space race to begin with? You know, we have the Russians who were actually uh, had this fantastic for the time, fantastic space program. They weren't competing with anybody, but we felt the need that we needed to one up them. So we went to the moon uh, and you and there's the, I'm not saying we didn't go to the moon. I'm not saying we did go to the moon. I'm just saying there's a lot of evidence pointing to both. And so when it comes to, you know, year eight or 2018, you know, we're talking about weaponizing space. How easy would it be for us today to create an illusion of things coming into our atmosphere with holograms, like you said before? It's that the technology is there. It's already there. And people just, you know, I'm telling you, like people just need it. All all I'm saying is people need to um, unplug from the system a little bit, unplug from your mainstream media and open your mind up to the possibilities. What's real now? What do we have available to us now? And what could they do with it? That technology now, you know, not, we're not saying that they are. We're just saying, could they? And if they could, sure. would they? And if you, if you, if you oh, try yeah. and, and just search for the answer of why would they? I'm telling you right now, one of the biggest things that they've, they've, op- they did a psyop on our community, our, our, the world is they, they're taking away our ability to critically think for ourselves by flooding the system with information and disinformation so fast that we don't even know which way is up. And it's hard for us to think, think through all the information thrown at us. Therefore, it, it, it diminishes our ability to critically think about things. And that's why it's so important for you to unplug sometimes, analyze what you know is real around you right now, what could be real and would they utilize what is real to make what could be real down the future road? Uh, I know I just threw a bunch of stuff out there again, but I'm sorry. It just, you got me ticking, man. You got me ticking. <laughs> no, but it's, but it's, it's, you know, and it's these conversations I think that, that take place. I'm going to say one thing on what you just said and that's it. And I won't go there either, but because the moon landing, um, here's my thought on that. And that is this, on any calendar that we have, any calendar, we celebrate 4th of July. We celebrate Martin Luther King Day. We celebrate Parents' Day, Mother's Day, Father's Day. This is supposed to supposedly one of the biggest achievements of mankind. Where's the holiday? When we went to the moon. Why is it not celebrated as a holiday? A lot of calendars don't even have the date 
on a calendar. I, I can show you several calendars. You can go, next time you go to a party store, you go somewhere, look at the calendar and open it up and see. This is supposed to be one of the most monumental, I mean, it's the, the greatest tax task task, I'm sorry, that we've ever did was leave this planet and go to the moon. If this is one of the biggest achievements for man, this should be something that you celebrate more than Valentine's Day or uh, Secretary of Day or um, I'm trying to choose these days that they celebrate. Why? Because I don't want to offend anybody. So you would think that it would be on every calendar. It would be a national holiday. It would be, you know, right. it would be something more than it is. And, and that's all I'm going to say about that because to me, I find that odd. You know, it's just really, really odd that it isn't acknowledged as much as it is because I cannot think for a country, for uh, the planet, name one thing that is actually more of an achievement on this planet than, than leaving the planet and actually landing on the moon. And I find that's just strange how that's not really, uh, you know, it's not really a, a, a celebrated thing. No, so, I absolutely agree I with you. I absolutely agree with you. And it's yeah. like, you know, that common question is, you know, why have we not gone back? Why haven't we gone back? If we if we went there back with the 60s technology in 2018, why have we not gone back? You know, is it is it a money issue? Uh, but like, it, it's just it's it's one of those things where, you know, you have the private sector now on the rise. You got Elon Musk sending rockets into space what, every day. He's, you know, throwing something out and he's throwing his cars with spacesuits in the outer space. Uh, and he's talking about colonizing Mars. Uh, so it's sooner or later. NASA is going to have to catch up to the private sector or shut the private sector down. I would not be surprised if, the, if somewhere along the line there's a, there's a narrative as to why Elon Musk had to su- shut down SpaceX. Uh, but right now, you, you see the private sector on the rise with uh, sp- space exploration. And if there is any secrets to be hidden about space, the private sector needs to be shut down sooner than later. Uh, and if it's not, then we might get our answers. Maybe this is all just theory and it's just um, a bunch of hooey and, and we did go to the moon and there's nothing to fear, blah, blah, blah. But I would be, I would venture to guess that either you see um, Elon Musk and the private sector be diminished one way or another through, you know, regulations or you see a merger of SpaceX and NASA on a large scale. And then, you know. Uh, <laughs> that Elon, Elon just jumped in the back pocket, you know. <laughs> but but it's, it's but NASA. I mean, that's a whole. I mean, that's a, probably be a really great subject for you to go on and go after too, because the whole NASA thing, Tony. Which I know you. I mean, you're educated and very aware because this is what you do. And and I'll take this moment right now to tell you, um, I really get behind your shows. And I, I didn't say this before, but I'm very, I'm very honored to be here to be on your show. But what you do and how you put it out there, and I think is that's what's so attractive to people. And people will listen. You know, everywhere, everywhere I, I go, I know you've seen it on my page and stuff. And I always say, well, you know, listen to this show, check this out, and check this out, and listen to this. It's the way to do it, and you have a way. And I think this is a this is a great gift. You know, there's there's so few of us that can communicate and have really good communication skills. You either can or you can't and you have one of those gifts, that draws people in. And people want to hear what you have to say in your narrative and what's going on. It's the same reason why when you have your, your patrons and people tune in just to see you talk. You know what I mean? And that's a good thing. But the whole NASA, that would probably be an, an interesting thing to do because if you break that thing down 
and all of the how NASA became. And it's another one of those things that we don't stock in and who's really running it. And when everything went, you know, from the, the race, like you talked about, and um, the Germans that built our NASA and all our stuff. But here's the question that I have, and I won't even go through all that crazy Masonic and the numbers and how the, the runway and all that other crazy stuff. But here's the, what about with NASA? Why do you feel, that's a question for you and you and everybody else, why do you feel that all the photos that you ever see of all our planets and Earth are photoshopped? What do you feel about, how come there is, and this is another one, how come there's no live feeds of planet Earth? You know, we have satellites right now that you can go and you can click on a satellite and see the shores of San Francisco and the ocean crashing. There's, there's, a, there's a camera feed that you can see it live right now. You can go to Australia and see something live right now. And there's, there's websites that claim to have live satellites of the Earth right now. But every time I've ever, and I could be wrong, maybe it's changed and I'm just a, I'm stupid, but every time I've ever went to one of those satellite things to see, they're always down for maintenance. They're never working. Just like they used to do that when you go to the NASA thing, you go look and it's down for maintenance. Um, it's never live. Why is there no live feeds of planet Earth? We have satellites according to, I don't know how many thousands of satellites that we have out there. We have satellites that can see everything, right? And see up to, I don't even know how small the dimension. But what I find is fascinating is where's the, where's, I'd take, take a hundred satellites that's up there. Why are they not, why is there not one that's just spinning around Earth all the time that you can see, that you can watch Earth? Why is it that everything is photoshopped? And when you look at the pictures that they show that NASA, these all come from NASA that we see of Earth that we're supposed to get behind, why are they photoshopped? Why are they not real live things? And and that's really always left a really weird question for me. And maybe someday yeah. you'll, you're the guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Have you ever wondered that or seen that? Or yeah, no, I, I, I mean, so. no, it's, it's, it's there's there's plenty of questions, absolutely plenty of questions surrounding uh, our space exploration period, uh, and you know one of the things from what I understand with the whole photoshopping thing, and, and I could go either way. I, I I listen honestly, people, honestly, anybody who's listening to this, I really am the kind of guy. I'm so laid back about a lot of these topics. I just don't care. You know, so like I look into I look into it very non like not nonchalantly, but like I look into it very unbiasedly because whatever the end result is, I just want the truth. I don't care what's going on. I just want the truth. I, that's all. I, that's all I care about. You know, and so like I, I look into these different things, and you know, when it comes to the photoshopping, you know, I've heard that you know with just the way the Earth rotates and stuff, they have to be able to Photoshop the show the the pieces together to actually make it look. Um, right or something like that uh you know because it, it, you now we're kind of probably going down the the other rabbit hole of the you know, the flat earth theory and things like that and you know one of the things I, i'm not a flat earth theory ther- theorist uh you know i i have a guy at work who drives truck with me who almost every morning at six o'clock in the morning is like hey man i'm gonna send you a youtube video on flat earth i'm telling you gotta check it out i'm like dude i just woke up like 30 <laughs> minutes ago can you please relax <laughs> but um you know like when it comes to the flat earth thing one of the lot a lot of people will talk about uh, especially christians who believe in the flat earth uh, they, they point to how there's a lot of scripture verses pointing towards flat earth theory, that there's a lot of things to oh, say. That, or whatever. Yeah. But here's the thing that I would I would say back to that is one, um, it, people who wrote the Bible, uh, they were human beings. And 
they they had their own thoughts and opinions according to their time. And in those days, they did believe the earth was flat. That was the teaching. They believed the earth was flat. They didn't believe it was on a globe. They believed that it, the earth, earth, earth was flat. That's what science uh, in that time said it was. And so when you have people who believe the earth is flat writing the Bible, uh, I believe that those kind of things come through uh, the their 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 um their writings. Uh, like I said, they they were people, real people with real brains and thoughts and opinions and life experiences that brought them to that point when they were writing the scriptures. And it wasn't that God zapped them one day and they just started writing uncontrollably. And it was just like God took over their body. Uh, God selected these people to write the Bible because they had the, the perfect life experiences and they were the perfect person to uh, write what God wanted them to write. That's how I believe uh, the scriptures came in together. And, um, you know, so when it comes to these things, uh, these people, they, they had real life issues that influenced them. And just like, uh, how do I even go into describing it? Like, it, it's just, they, there's things in the Bible that, uh, and I would say, see, by saying that though, I feel like people are saying, what, what you're, so you're saying the Bible is not true. Not everything in the Bible is true. Uh, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just, it's, it's kind of like saying, the the if you get behind words and so many words, because somebody will say this fact, and I'm sure you've heard this before. So when Noah took two of every animal and there's 8,000 species of snakes, right? you, you know, and you're like, well, literally. So people, you know, can say, so what are you going to try to say the flood didn't happen? Or you're trying to say the Noah situation exactly. didn't happen or whatever, because, you, you know, because there is seven different types of lions and there is, and he, if they took two, if you literally take what they say out of context, I guess, is, I think that's what you're trying to say is you can't, to believe something or to get behind something, you know, it's an embodiment of the whole thing and not breaking it down and trying to take it apart and say it's this and that. I mean, you, you either, cause I know when I, I was Catholic and born and raised Catholic, when I would go to, I was always the guy that raised my hand and asked questions at catechism and stuff. And then it always went back to you just, just do it. <laughs> just let <listen> <laughs> you, you can't, you can't yeah. faith because they, they don't want, ever want you to question your faith. After I got married and divorced and stuff, I went to Christianity, the other side, and got saved when I was young. And then later on, I went, after my divorce, I joined one of those non-denominational thing kind of Christian right. things. But I I just always ask questions. And, and, and that's I good. I question everything. And I, and I still do, you know. And I when I would go to those Bible study things, there's like those single meet groups. You'd go, and I'd go. And I would, you know, when the Jehovah Witnesses would come to my porch. I let them in. I opened a door because I could ask them questions. And then usually they'd leave. Right. And then that's being rude or disrespectful. <laughs> but not I wasn't being rude or disrespectful. But the first question I'd always ask, you'd be like, sure, come on in. You know, you know, do you believe that the earth was created in six days on the seventh day God rested? Or do you believe in the oscillation theory? Or do you believe in Darwinism theory? You know, what is it? Do you believe, you know, and you ask people or you ask them, you know, how do you feel about the Bible? Because man wrote the Bible. God didn't write the Bible. Man did. Yeah. And men wrote the Bible. And these men heard voices. These men had visions. And the funny thing about it is, and, and this goes in another fine gray area line, is that when Nostradamus heard voices and had visions, when Jamie Dixon heard voices, had visions, when Edgar Casey heard voices and had visions, those were called visionaries. Those were called prophets. Those were called fake. Those were called the devil you know, in certain aspects of the religion. So it's really weird because the Bible does pick and take 
you know, and pick and choose certain Bibles that what they want you to know about. And then when they throw out certain books, you know, it, and this could go on and I'm, I'm not even going to go into the whole deal. But what I was, what I was just basically trying to say is I just find it odd that I've never been able to find a live satellite of earth looking at it from a satellite view. And to me that I just find it odd. So if you do find one, send it to me. I'd love to see it. I'd love to see what the earth looks like from a satellite to view. You know, we're not yeah. to go in anything because I know we went way off. <clears throat> no, it's fine. This is this is a conversation, and 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 you know, it's, I just find it, find it funny. We just talked about the Bible and everything. You're like, take it, take it back to satellites now. <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, um, you know, you know, like, there's a lot of things in the Bible that Christians don't uh, pursue uh, because they don't believe it's for today. Uh, for instance, the Torah law. There's a lot of Christians. Now, I know there's a lot of Christians out there that observe the Torah, but there's a lot of Christians out there that don't observe the Torah because they believe that when Jesus Christ came and died uh, as a sacrificial lamb on the cross cross, he erased the old law and brought in the new law. And so, you know, the old law isn't for today. It's not for post Jesus. Uh, so like that, taking that idea, uh, I'm trying to relay that back to the whole flat earth thing where it's like in those times, the flat earth was very relevant, but as time has gone on, man has grown in knowledge and technology. And we have been able to prove to show that, you know, the earth is round because we've been there, you know, theoretically, I know there's people are saying we haven't been in space, shut up, you know, but, uh, I'm just, (laughs) I'm just saying that that's the way I kind of approach it. Um, and you know, when it comes to the whole, uh, you mentioned about Noah's Ark thing, like, and here's the thing that I, I don't really hear a whole lot of people talk about, but this is kind of, you know, this is the way I lean on things. Uh, people will say, did God have every animal on this earth show up at Noah's Ark and they all fit on the Ark, an Ark that was smaller than the Titanic by, by about half of the Titanic? Every animal on earth fit on that thing. That's what you're telling me. And I would say... Uh, first of all, I would say, I don't know, because when you put it in that way, when you put it that way, it's kind of hard to comprehend, but here's something, here's something that I believe. I believe that God is supernatural and I believe that God has shown throughout the scripture that he does supernatural things, uh, such as, you know, um, teleporting people that's in the Bible. Uh, and so when you, when you see a God that does these kind of things, uh, who's to say, first of all, that God didn't teleport any animal from any part of the world to Noah right there. Like how did the, how did the penguins go from Antarctica to Noah's Ark and how did they survive? Right. Uh, well maybe they were teleported, but also I would say this, um, we do know that there are different dimensions and you know, that there's, well, I, I don't want to say it. we know because there's people that debate that as well, but like, I believe that there's different dimensions. Clearly to me, when you have a spiritual realm where there's demonic entities around you and there's angelic entities around you uh, that you can't see them, there's different dimensions. Who's to say that the God who created all these dimensions in this entire earth did not hide certain animals in other dimensions while he did the flooding here on earth? I'm just saying, like... It's not beyond God's possibilities because God is God and he created the dimensions. He created the earth. He created the water that flooded the earth. He created it all. And there's nothing that he cannot do outside of his, or that, that, uh, if it's part of his will. So I'm just saying those are some things to think about as well. And I know we're going off way off course. So let's just, I'm going to bring it 
all the way back to Bigfoot. And <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, I get sidetracked. Sorry. No, so do I. And so when you get two guys that get sidetracked, it's, um, you know, it, it, I wouldn't say it was a disaster at all, but uh, we can go off course for sure. Uh, one thing I want to do is say is, what do you? What are your? What's your gut on this whole Bigfoot thing? I mean, you you talked about uh, people who experience more of the woo kind of thing, and then you see the physical things like the tree structures that they physically leave. Uh, you have a picture of one physically. Uh, so, and by the way, please do send that to me. I would love to see I it. Will. I will. Uh, but so, what's your what's your vibe? Like, what are you feeling about this? Uh, do you think it's flesh and blood? Do you think it's more of a supernatural thing? Do you think it's a mixture of things? Do you think it could be physical and you know, interdimensional. What are your thoughts, man? Um, I, and I think it's exactly that. I think that it is both um, to get behind it in, in any kind of logical way. When all of these weird things and elements add up, I also think that, you know, how there's, uh, we'll take gorillas or monkeys, how there's so many different species of that. I think from, from all of the stories and all the encounters and stuff that happened in the South and stuff that happens in Texas and stuff that happens that I'm uh, recording in Michigan or Oregon or, or Ohio, that I think that they're different, meaning that some might be actually just flesh and blood. And I think that they, if, if you're um, just like people and just like everything else, I think, and just like animals, there's different types of animals. And I think there may be different types of these. And some of these might have these stranger abilities, just like humans did. You know, at one time we, when we were hunter gatherers and stuff, we've lost a lot of those things that, that we don't have and those abilities. But yet you go inside a grocery store and you stand in line and we've all done this and you stand in line and all of a sudden you get that creepy feeling and the hair stands up on the back of your neck and you turn around and you look and there's some weird dude looking at you. Well, how do you explain that? Because your body told you, because your energy told you, because whatever it is that's inside you told you, we've lost that ability. And I think a lot of animals and people and hunters and people that go out have these abilities to do that. And I think some of these animals have these abilities. Strange things. I think they're the, the master of sleuth. They can hide. They can blend in. Just like, you know, how often do people see the cougars and the bobcats? If they don't want you to see them, then you're not going to see them. And I think these things are the same way. So to answer your question... I think it's a little bit of both. I think some are actually just flesh and blood. And I have to go that line and say that they eat, they, they must be on some kind of weird migration thing where they go or they hide or they disappear um, and go, you know, and I, I don't want to go on the woo side of that. And I don't want to tap into the, you know, the interdimensional and the vortexes and all that because there's so many crazy, crazy stuff. But I think there's a mixture and I think there's a combination that some of these might have a little bit of both and might be really, really, we obviously know that they're intelligent because they're, they're, they've been eluding us for hundreds and hundreds of years. So I think that they're, they're a little bit of both, you know, there's a, there's a supernatural aspect to it, or they have some other kind of abilities. The stories that you hear where they, they jump 15 feet and 20 feet, or they do all these crazy things in the, in those stories that come out, it's like, you can't even, you can't even fathom it. It's either, you know, it, it makes it so easy for somebody to say, oh, that's a bunch of crap. And if you buy into that, you're, you know, you're, you're silly. So I guess to answer your question, it would be, I'm really, really on the fence. And I, I don't want to go into the full end of saying, oh, I'm totally woo. Or I totally believe it's a, a paranormal creature, a supernatural. But I, I've heard a lot of stuff and I've seen a lot of stranger stuff too. 
And I think that they're both. And I think that they're very intelligent. And I think that they're flesh and blood and they're here, you know, here now and they're in the woods and they're around us and they're a lot closer than people think. And they're, yeah. do they, do they, are they getting more frequent? I think so. I think that they're in a lot of the states, almost all the states now. And I think that the reason, like you talked about earlier, that you, you're seeing these structures in everywhere, those are signs. You know, the teepees are everywhere. I have a friend of mine and she's from Canada and she's got over 400, 500 of these teepee big structures, ones that are big enough that you can drive a little car into. They're beautiful. And, you know, hers is in the, the Southern Ontario stuff. And I'm amazed. And that's what actually I found like 23. I think I'm up to 23 now of the big structures, the big ones. And who's making them? You know, who's doing them? What is it? What is the message? What is the sign? What are they trying to tell us? Is, or is there one? Is it just a back off, stay out, keep out, keep away? Are they mating things? You know, what is it? I really don't know. So I, I just want to say that I don't think that they're, I don't think that everything that people, there's just too much of the stuff that's going on. I don't think that they're, they're hoaxed. Everything can't be a hoax. I think they're, they're a flesh and blood creature. And I do believe that some of them have um, really special power supernatural abilities that maybe to us are supernatural, but it, to them, I don't think it is. I mean, if that answers uh, yeah. kind of where you're going with it, no, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I don't want to touch too much on too much because it's really hard and it's conjecture, you know, and sure. what I believe and what I think people can eat it up and say, Oh, you're a moron, Chuck, you know, and whatever, <laughs> who cares what you're saying or what you're thinking? Because it's, it's all come down to the guy that actually was standing there and had a dog man encounter. Or the guy that was actually standing there and had a Sasquatch encounter who was like, where he was within feet of them to where the things that I've had and experienced, you know, I, 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 I pale in comparison. And that, and that's the thing is where I look at it. I feel I was really close several times. And even out here when I'm finding all the stuff that I find, a lot of weird stuff's happened, but I'm, I'm kind of on the fence of, how much I say and how much I come out with because the community's this terrible jealousy and hatred and trolls and people yeah. and people just want to attack you. So I, I try to make it very clear that this is what I find and this is what I'm sharing. And I don't, I don't want to say too much into whatever because people will really, um, they can make it really bad for you. I think that, you know, it blows your whole esteem. Somebody's excited about going out because they had an encounter and then everybody looks and laughs at you. And that was kind of like what I was saying to you about with my son. He took this picture. I know this picture is real. I know this is something. It's either a guy dressed in black who decided to hoax me and my son. And for what reason? Because he knew that Chuck was going to be out there that day. It's like, it doesn't make any sense or it's the real thing. And, and to me to think that it's the real thing is somebody else could look at that picture and go, really? That's probably you in a suit, you know, and, I, and that, is a reason why I think people don't bring and people don't share their stuff because I know in my heart, I'm like, I'm being fake. I have no reason to fake it. I'm, I'm bringing you what I see. You know, I, I, I sent you in my email uh, thing and this is, this will take 20 seconds. I was with a friend of mine. He lives up in the thumb area of Michigan. I went camping with them right around September, October this year. And I just hung out and we're sitting at the campfire and we were just talking and there's red light. It's nighttime, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And there's red light is right over the trees, over the horizon. And I'm looking at it and he's looking at it, but yeah, he didn't say he was looking at it. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, and it caught my attention for like 20 seconds. I'm like, wow. And it's like a really bright, bright cylinder oval shaped light. And I look over at him and I go, Hey, 
you seen that? And he looks over at me and he goes, that's not supposed to be there. And he's like, I'm out here every night. That's not supposed to be there. So we look over. I grab my iPhone. I'm going to get it on film. I'm like, aha. So I pull my phone out. And I get, as soon as I put the thing right up to it, it goes, bing, and it shuts out. And the funny part of this, if I didn't see it, and he looked at me and he's like, did you see that? And I said, yeah. I'm like, you saw it. He goes, yeah. I go, I'm glad you saw it. Because you're never going to be able to explain that or tell it to anybody. This thing looked like one of those crazy uh, UFOs caught on tape videos that you would watch on TV where you see the thing and then all of a sudden it looks like a Photoshop thing where it just goes blank and it's black. It looked like someone took a light switch and shut it out. It was the bizarrest thing I've ever seen. And it only lasted a minute, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. And it was like a light switch and it was gone and it was out. And yet I saw it and you can't explain that kind of stuff. And it's the same thing with the picture. I think that you can show somebody a picture of something and they can, they can say, oh, is it CGI? Is it Photoshopped? Is it fake? And, it's, and I think people don't want to come forward in that. And, and telling you on your show, you know, about the, the light, it's no big deal. Half the people say, yeah, right. What were you smoking or what have you? But I knew what I saw and I saw stuff like that. You can never explain it. If I would have had that on film and I put it on YouTube or sent it to you, the first thing you would have said by looking at it is like, it's CGI. And I think we've really grown into this world where we look at stuff like that and our natural mind is looking at it. Have you ever noticed how every picture of Bigfoot is always grainy, is always yeah. blurry, is always far away? The only one who's got clear shots is like Todd Stanny. And you know what they say about him. So it's kind of like, it's, it's hard. You know, it's really hard to, to have who has the clear one and why. If every person, if I could take a picture of you, or my car from here, and it's going to come out perfect. Why is it when you take a picture of this, it comes to that? And that goes back to that a flesh and blood. Is it a vibrational? Is it energies or frequencies? And all those other weird things. Because how could everybody be taking pictures of something that, that it's blurry? And even, even if there's so many yards or something away. And that always makes my, you know, my brain kind of go on overload when I, when I think about it. And even look at the, the pictures that my son had taken, you know, we, it was a hundred yards away. It wasn't something that was close. And as you pull it in closer and you look at it, you can see it, but you ain't got to turn it upside down. You, you don't have to circle it. There's you nothing. You can definitely see it. it's, it's black. It's standing there. It's bipedal, you know, it's on a blob. And I think a lot of those things, uh, messes with our whole credibility thing. And I'm just rambling on and ranting here. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's, it's <laughs> I'm, fun. I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking about it, the picture and the image and my stuff, and I'm thinking about the correlation to that with what I saw is, like I said, I, I know that was like a UFO, but it was in the same area, like I said, up north in Michigan. I've never seen anything like that before. It was pretty. You know, it was a pretty red, and it lasted less than a minute, and I was so glad that he saw it too. But you, you just, uh, you know, you never know. And, and, and if you were to see it, it's the only way you would have been able to describe it. But if you would see that on TV or you would see it on a video, you would have looked at it and said, that's fake. I mean, I would have, I, I couldn't believe that it was just the sky was what it was. And then the sky went dark and it was just like a light switch going out. And I've never seen anything like that before, but I've seen it on TV, you know, like that. I've seen it on those UFO shows where you see it and you're like, because huh. I do when I watch those, I'm like, come on, really? I mean, we all shake our heads and that. And then when you have that situation and stuff like that, it's really hard. And, and, I, and I don't think we'll have any enough time. I've, I've used up enough of your time. I don't mean to go into any of the paranormal or the other stuff, maybe some other time or something. Yeah, maybe we can you bring know, you back on. And, you know, do something. But I, I did have some of those, 
you know, and it was, a lot of that too was just weird stuff that, cause I've lost both my parents. I've had things that happened growing up in situations and stuff. And I was just going to go into some things and share with you, but the, the weird connections of when my mom passed away and when my, um, when my father passed away, all of these weird incidents that happened, I think it'd probably make up some time as much as you can tell. I talk, I could probably do another little, you know, a little something with you. And I do have uh, some other UFO stuff to share with you to, that it happened to a friend of mine. And we have photographs of, you know, where this thing we believe, I believe that it was landing in the driveway outside of her house at her parents' house. Bizarre stuff, just, just weird stuff. But I looked at the clock and I'm like, oh my God, Tony, am I going to have an hour? You know, am I going to be here an hour with you? And it's, it's 4.15, you know, and I'm thinking that he's probably getting to that point where he's yawning and saying, hey, all right, Chuck, stop talking. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. We, what we can do is we can bring you back on for a patrons-only show and have you uh, talk about some of the paranormal stuff, and we can, we can dive into some of these conspiracy theories and just think out loud kind of thing. I think it would be kind of fun uh, just to kind of... Yeah enjoy each other's company and, uh, you know, bounce ideas off each other. Cause it's very, it's a very much of a non-judgmental environment we have going on with the patrons. I mean, we all just kind of like throw things out there and enjoy each other's company and make each other think. And, uh, it's, it's really a very fun environment for me to just have these people, uh, to, you know, enjoy each other's company. So, uh, Chuck, I appreciate you coming on and talking about all this stuff though. I think this, uh, was very enlightening and I think it's going to give people a lot of stuff to chew on. So I appreciate it. Uh, before we get out of here earlier, you mentioned about a website. What was the website you were talking about with the pictures on it for website for, uh, my I th- website? For yeah, I think, you, project? I think you mentioned it's, a website uh, with pictures that you had taken pictures of uh, footprints that you found. I have, uh, well, I have it linked on to the Facebook page too, where I have it on the, the Facebook, which is, there's two on there. The one is the time is now, and the other one is the, the Michigan Sasquatch project page. But there's also a website that we have. You, we have an email and then there's a website. Um, if you want, you know, I can share that. Yeah, go ahead. What's the email? Too, the, the, the email is uh, Michigan Sasquatch Projects with an S on the end at yahoo.com. And the website is actually Michigan Sasquatch Projects.com. And that goes to the website. And anybody can go because I think my, my profile is open up to the public. So I think anybody can go on there and see all the, put the, the pictures and things that I've been posting about these tree structures and star structures and all that kind of stuff, you know, before this upcoming conference. And I'm also looking too that. Maybe we'll have maybe we'll have something exciting after the show because the conference is like two weeks away, and being able to get out there with with uh, you know him and uh, Dr. Jeff Meldrum, and then going out to the property again after we re- removed the trail cams, I'm hoping that in the next two weeks when we get out there, that maybe something great is going to happen. You know, pick up some new cameras, some new things, and go out there and have some fun. Maybe nothing will happen, but. Definitely going to be documenting and definitely doing something with that. And maybe it'll give me a reason to come back and talk at you on the show or something. And Fantastic. We can get into the, yeah, the paranormal stuff that I got. Your shows are so diverse that I love, you know, that's the one thing that to put yourself out there, you know, I really, I really appreciate what you do because it's not just, it's the same thing. Uh, my buddy who's in the Michigan Sasquatch project, he's like, just do your podcast, just do it all on Sasquatch and do it on this. And I'm like, no, because there's, I want to talk about the shadow people or the man with the top hat. I want to talk about these things that people are happening and these people that are having these other crazy weird experiences, because yes, this is a phenomenon that I am taking to the forefront here 
you know, in the last year with the Sasquatch, which is a whole platform. But there's other things that are happening and people are having these crazy, crazy experiences and, and things that are tied into like with the CERN technology. I think that's opening up all kinds of weird activity that's going on around the world. And so that's opening crazy things aside from the media and the movies and the music and all that the kids are getting into that are happening and then all these other weird stuff, you know, people see a lot of strange stuff and you know that. And so I, I want to talk about it. And so your show to me is exactly that you're a great speaker. And when you go out there and you're addressing all of these great things and I think, you know, it's wonderful. So my hat's off to you, sir. Well, I really appreciate it, man. I, I, I enjoyed talking about all these different things. And I, one of my biggest things is I just don't care what people think. I don't care if people agree with me or don't, don't agree with me. I just throw ideas out there. I have guests on and let people make up their decisions as to what they want to believe or how they view the world. I'm never going to convince everybody to believe things the way I see it or anything like that. So I just enjoy presenting the topic of conversation and let people make up their own minds about it. But uh, Chuck, I really appreciate you coming on. I really appreciate you being a patron. It means a lot to me man so uh you know until next time man i'll talk to you later sounds great thank you well that's the show everybody i really hope you enjoyed it and don't forget next saturday april 28th 2018 at 3 p.m eastern standard time we're having our patrons only episode with zach king the ex-satanic high wizard and special co-host Wes germer from sasquatch chronicles there's going to be a live call-in number so if you're interested in talking to zach king Wes germer or myself i highly encourage you to become patrons at patreon.com backslash the confessionals that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com backslash the confessionals and don't forget to go to the website and check out the Jew and Gentile radio show that will be linked in this show's description. And as well, there's going to be the show intro for free download. So go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Check out all the new goodies that I have for you this week. I hope you guys have a great week coming ahead. I'll see you here next Saturday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on The Confessionals. Take care, everybody. Sounding hard.